0: And by Draper's Barbecue, a third-generation barbecue company located in western Kentucky between Memphis and Kansas City. Their line of products represents both cities as well as the flavor profiles of Shane's home. Pick up their smoke and sauce and AP rub today by visiting drapersbbq.com. And by Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets. Making pellets since 1994. Two thirds oak, one third flavor wood, giving you that sweet, succulent smoke that you're looking for on your meat, both for grills and bullet style smokers, and of course in larger quantities for your pellet fed smokers. Find them at bbqrsdelight.com. Right here
1: on the Barbecue Central Show. Your host, Greg Rempe, is a backyard barbecue and grilling fanatic and loves to talk about his passion, which many of us share together. You can learn more about barbecue and grilling by visiting the website, thebbqcentral.com. Now, let's get in the smoke. Here's your program host, Greg Rempe.
0: Hey, gang. Welcome to another edition of the really big Barbecue Central Show. Yeah, it's the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, rapidly becoming known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on a Tuesday. This is what we do each and every Tuesday. We talk about live fire, we talk about barbecue, we talk about grilling. Whatever the case may be, if that is indeed what it has to do with, you're going to find it all right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Happy to have you aboard here. Let me give you some contact information in case you want to jump in on the show tonight. You're more than welcome to do so one of two ways. 877-448-0433 is the number to call if you want to jump in on the show tonight. Greg at the com is the email address in case you want to jump in. If you want to do both... You're more than welcome. You can certainly try to do that or, if you want to, you could do neither. You can lay out, you can enjoy the fabulous fun and fabulism that is the Barbecue Central radio show, enjoy the entertainment value that it has brought to you low these many years, believe it or not, and weigh in where you'd like. We got a huge number of people already in the chat room. Obviously waiting for John Marcus to show up, but before John Marcus makes his appearance next hour, we have a great two guests that are coming aboard here in the 9 o'clock hour. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, he took reserve grand champion over at the Sam's Club event this past weekend in Tampa Bay, Matt Barber, pitmaster of Hot Wachulas. And I love anything that has to do with Wachula because it reminds me, remember, do you remember... A guy by the name of Dan from Wachula. Every time I hear Wachula, I think of Dan and phone calls and hyperbole and homoeroticism and all that stuff. So, not that Matt has anything to do with that, but he does have Wachula in his name, so we'll be a- recounting this weekend's past events that took place at that Sam's Club competition and what second place means to him, and then, of course, moving forward. 35 past the hour, regular contributor to the show. Scott Roberts will be joining me to review some new sauce and rubs that have made it out there on the market. Then second hour, of course, executive producer of Barbecue Pitmasters, which has been renewed for a third season, John Marcus, Emmy Award-winning producer of television. You ever heard of The Cosby Show? Of course not. He's going to be talking about the show, audition tapes, uh, whatever I guess he is legally allowed by, I believe it's TLC that is taking the show on again. Whatever he's legally allowed to talk about, he has conferred with me and promised me that he will indeed be talking about all of everything that he is legally allowed to talk about. So a full two hours jam-packed with Emmy Award-winning guests and Award winning competition cooks and star reviewers of famed internet blogging sensations, that being Scott Roberts of scottrobertsweb.com. There you go. All right, a couple things to get into here before we start the interview portion of the show tonight. Uh, one, okay, so here's what I have to do because he's been on me relentlessly ever since I did the take on the fact that, uh, is it called Bar- uh, Bigfoot Chasers or whatever it was called? Off air. On his own accord, personal emails, and I'm not going to get into them in-depthly and intently, but you know him as a Yellow Nuts here on the show. His name is John Chips out there on the West Coast, said that he had undeniable proof that Bigfoot lives, that he reigns supreme, that he is alive. And I said, John, if you can produce said footage, pictures, whatever the case may be, I'm not going to sit here and say I wouldn't believe it, if you have the definitive shot, if you have clear video footage, and that you're not in the middle of nowhere making awkward Sasquatch calls that sound something like this
2: yeah. Is
0: that right? Sasquatch? He said, I'm sending it to you to Cleveland without a shadow of a doubt. You will. Da-. That was the Bigfoot call. And it showed up today, just in time for the show. And he said, I will be eating my words. He will be expecting me to grovel for forgiveness because he has given me undeniable proof that Bigfoot exists. So for your review, folks, this is what he sent me. Bigfoot ale. Sorry. John, well, I applaud the fact that you want to send me alcohol, and I love that about you. In a very professional way. That is not necessarily the proof I was looking for that Bigfoot exists. Okay? I mean, top men in in Bigfoot industry say that porcupines ate Bigfoot. And ate the bones, too. So there's really no way of telling where this Bigfoot is. But a Bigfoot ale by Sierra Nevada probably isn't going to prove to me that Bigfoot somehow exists. Yeah, it's squatchy. I'm going to sniff this. It's definitely got a squatchy smell to it, whatever that means. Oh, certainly tastes like Bigfoot uh, squatch peed in that beer. Get
1: that big stuff out of here.
0: Wow. That wasn't very good. Was that? Oh, uh, it's, it tastes like Bobo urinated in the bottle. Watch big it. Stuff out of here. <laughs> That's a little too refined for my beer palate. Let's say that. So, John, I appreciate you trying to get me in the belief that Bigfoot is real, but I will continue to maintain it's one of the worst shows. I'm actually going to talk to John Marcus about how that is actually physically breaking down. The, that show is physically breaking down the fabric of our society and sending us to hell in a handbasket as a nation. I will get his expert opinion on that. Uh, let's see here. Dana, folks, information you don't want to know. My gluteals are in pain of seismic and gargantuan proportions. I have continued to maintain beards for barbecue, but I have decided uh, because uh, uh, my wife bought the 10-minute workouts that I was also, I have 10 minutes to invest. If you don't have 10 minutes to invest, shame on you, but I do. And I did the cardio yesterday and my... Inner thighs and buttocks muscles are seething at this very moment. It's very painful to actually just sit down for crying out loud. But I will struggle through, and I will be healthy. I took my before shot. I'm going to take my after shot like in 30 days or 60. Is it 60 days? 60 days. It's going to be great. The before shot looked really good. Just know that. Um, quick announcement here before we break away just for a second there's a new service that I just mentioned on both Facebook and Twitter. Maybe you don't have a smartphone. Maybe you don't have internet connection. But you're a fan of the show and you want to figure out a way to listen to it live or when we're not on, when we are not on air live, uh, 9 to 11 a.m. You want to get replays of the show through the live stream. So all you need to do is this. There's a, a company out there that approached me about making my online stream available through the phone. It can be a standard flip phone of cellular service, a smartphone, a text messaging device, a regular landline, a business. If it's a phone, if it has a dial pad, and you can dial these numbers, 312-340-6760. Again, I think that's a local Chicago call. 312-340-6760. Somebody link that up in the chat room. You can dial in. If you are stuck at work, if you are on a drive home, all you have to do is call into that. You will pick up the show live as it happens each and every Tuesday. And then off show hours, you get replays of the past six shows in their entirety. It's streaming radio right there on your phone. It does not have to be a smartphone. It just has to be a phone in general. And that is made possible by Xeno Radio. They wanted to team up with the premier barbecue and grilling radio show out there to press traffic, uh, to get connections, to make the show widely available to anybody across the world. All they have to do is dial the 312-340-6760 number. You can listen to the show anytime, both live and then archives off air as well. It's really a great service. I tried it out a couple different times. I got a lot of great reaction on Facebook for people that might not have the cutting-edge technology, but they want to be able to stream the show because they're a second shifter or because they're an overnighter, or whatever the case may be. And that, my friends, is going to be the way you can do it. So I want to thank everybody over at Zeno Radio for getting in touch with me and seeing if I was interested in taking part in that. Because quite frankly, I was, and I did. So spread it around. Three, one, two. Three Very unprofessional. 312-340-6760. Pass it all around. That's all you need to do. Of course, tune in radio as well. Tune in radio is where you want to go if you have the smartphone apps or, or the smartphone capability. All right, gang, let me tell you a little bit about my good friend Fred Bernardo over at Tasty Licks Barbecue. He's actually uh, just emailing in right now trying to figure out how he can get the show live and in person well obviously he's a big fan of the show i think but look we're dealing with people online all the time and what's one of the most important things ever that you have to consider when you're talking to people about spending money on outdoor grilling stuff you want to go to an online retailer who is trusted who is well respected in the industry and you want somebody who has stuff that is in stock, you want somebody who is gonna be able to ship to you promptly, and more importantly, is gonna be able to provide service after the fact. There's nothing more insane, nothing more ridiculous than when you get a product, you think you know what it's all about. And then you go to set it up, and guess what? you realize you've overstepped your boundaries. You are not able to do exactly everything that you thought you were gonna be able to do and quite frankly mess. So, here's what you need to go. You go to tastylicksbbq.com. That's the new website, tastylicksbbq.com, and you peruse Fred's full inventory. One of the most vast, extensive, industry, a veritable cornucopia of barbecue and grilling products from grills, smokers, many different kinds of smokers. Of course, there are big green eggheads out there. All of the staff out there very well versed in getting your big green egg up and running accessories after the fact, how to properly draft it when you're setting it up and firing up for the first few times, anything that has to do with the Big Green Egg, they are the experts. but they sell barbecue guru products, charcoal, they have their own lines of rubs and sauces, again, a veritable one-stop shop, plus they're having cooking classes as well, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, the owner, Fred Bernardo himself, trying out for season three of Barbecue Pitmasters. So here's what you want to do. You want to go over to TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's TastyLicksBBQ.com. Check out their inventory order and be confident knowing that they have the stuff ready to go in stock, fairly priced, and ready to ship out to you quickly. Fred Bernardo at TastyLicksBBQ.com. We're coming back with Matt Barber of Hot Watch Hulas. Stand by. We'll be right back. the hour, actually 14 past the hour, eight seven seven four four eight zero four three three. is the way to get in touch with the show tonight. Go ahead and grab my notes here for my next guest. The Sam's Club Spiders National Spiders Tour folks got underway this past weekend in Tampa, Florida. Twenty teams showed up. The top six advanced to the next round. My first guest tonight took Reserve Grand Champion at that event. We are going to break it down right now. So go ahead, welcome first-timer to the show, the pit master of Hot Wachulas, Matt Barber, joining me here on the show. Matt, how are you, Buck? I'm good, How you doing? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Matt. I appreciate you joining me tonight. Um, we'll talk about Sam's here. At first, we've got a number of things that we can discuss. You know, you've had a few days away from the event now. If you could, give me a little recap of how the weekend went down for you, and was there anything out of the ordinary that you had to contend with during that cook?
2: Uh, well, I don't know if you're, you're aware of this. Some, some people might be, but I, I cook pretty old
0: school. Yes. All right. A little better. All right, we got it.
2: (laughs) Okay, sorry about
0: that. No, that's no problem. I uh, apologize there. Uh, All right, Matt, so we kind of cut out. I asked you if you had to contend with anything out of the ordinary. You said that you had some pretty bad weather. You kind of cook old school in the fact that you're, you know, you don't have the big trailers and stuff like some of the other teams. So if you could kind of scoot back and recap there a little bit.
2: Yeah, you know, as as soon as I got there, it was was pouring down rain in Tampa, uh, which is, you know, pretty typical for Florida. Uh, but it's always, you know, the, the only good thing was that, you know, the wind wasn't bad. Uh, I'd much rather deal with the rain as opposed to wind. But uh, so, pretty much, I got there around three o'clock, and I just had to wait. It didn't stop raining till the cook's meeting, um, which for me is pretty, pretty standard. You know, usually the big joke in the FBA is that I don't show up till the cook's meeting. Anyway. Uh, so I really didn't throw off my timing all that much. But you know, it's just there's, there's not a cook-off or something like that doesn't happen
0: because you're cooking that way are you always constantly fighting against the elements in some form or fashion and do you feel that that somehow hones the skills is is to say where you're you're able to adapt more than some of the other guys that are in those big vans and whatnot
2: well uh definitely if there's power issues at at the cook-off I definitely have an advantage uh you know I'm not you know there's no pellets there's no gurus um I think as far as that aspect, I definitely have an advantage uh, because I, you know, I don't use either one of those. So it's, uh, you know, when something starts to beep, when the lights go off, uh, it's not something that kind of freaks me out.
0: Matt Barber joining us here on the show from Hot Wachulas. Uh, Matt, let's go ahead and break down the categories a little bit. Uh, first one that gets called in every competition, of course, is chicken, and you got a second overall. As you were getting ready to turn it in, run it down to the judges' table. Were you very happy with how the chicken was? Um, and and kind of how does that set the tone for the rest of the day?
2: Um, you know, the the chicken turned out good. I, I knew it was probably one of the better uh, chicken boxes I've done. I mean, the the chicken itself was actually. It was probably the best chicken I've cooked in about two years. Um, wow. You know, of course, of course, as most cook-offs do, you know, it was done thirty minutes, forty-five minutes early. Um, so you know, and it's something I got to try and repeat. You know, repeat the next time. You know, finish it early, set it in the Cambro, um, and then sauce it and finish it up and, and turn it in. But uh, it turned out really well.
0: Matt, when you're testing your food, whether it be chicken or ribs or pork, before you put it in the box, are you one of the competition cooks that likes to make sure that they're taste testing before they run it, or are you confident in the process that's taken place before, where you're not going to add a little bit of extra seasoning or a little bit of extra sauce? Um, you
2: know, I used to I used to just be confident, and it, and it was it was probably a, an error on my part. <laughs> uh, but I've gotten to the point now to where I. I force myself to taste it, even if I'm running late. uh, You know, the one thing that's hurt me with chicken in the past is that it's been a little bland. Um, So if I can, you know, I try to force myself to give me that extra time if if I need to dust it a little bit uh, to help fix it. Or if it's too much, you know, I can adjust the the sauce, maybe dip it again uh, to try and get rid of some of that, you know, salty taste if, if, if that was my issue.
0: All right, so you take second overall in chicken, so that's a great way to start the calls for categories and get you in a good position for overall. Uh, ribs come around 16th, so you know a fair drop-off, si- second, 16th. Uh, there was 20 teams. Uh, how did you feel about your ribs uh, during the weekend, and do you think that they deserve the 16th, or did you like them better than that?
2: Um, of course I'd say I like them better than that, but... Uh... You know, ribs for me, uh, as far as the KCB contest, have always been a uh, a struggle. Uh, just just because of my my time frame, how I have it set. Uh, you know, I do majorly I do an FBA contests where you have an hour in between turn ins. Uh, so with the KCB, when you have thirty minutes, you know I'm, I'm working on chicken. When I'm usually bathing my ribs. Uh, so it's one of the things I need to work on. I mean, they needed to be more tender. I needed a good 15 more minutes on them. Uh, you know, and the sauce wasn't packed up as much as I'd like. But, uh, of course, I didn't think they were that bad. But, uh, you know, the end result was it, it really didn't matter. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm okay with 16.
0: There you go. Matt Barber joining us here on the show. Uh, next category is pork. You take six overall. So, bang, you're right back. Top ten. How did you feel about pork, and was it deserving of a six, or should it have been better, or perhaps did you not feel that good about it?
2: Um, actually, the pork is what I felt worst about it, especially as far as appearance goes. I thought the flavor was there. Uh, I mean, it tasted great. Uh, the sauce was perfect on it. Um, the seasoning was great, uh, but the, uh, the box was just uh, – it wasn't – it wasn't pretty. I, I, I thought I was going to get hammered on it, uh, and I did a little bit. I mean, it, it was from what I remember, it was eight across the board. So it wasn't, uh, you know, it actually hurt me from from doing better. But uh, overall, I was somewhat pleased with the sixth place.
0: Absolutely. And then brisket final call category of the evening, uh, ninth overall. So again, top ten. So three out of the four categories, your top ten or better. How did you feel about the brisket, and are you a guy that has gotten into this Wagyu craze, or are you using just something you would get at a Sam's Club anyway?
2: Um, I use a Myers brisket, uh, which I, I guess is a Myers prime. Uh, it's probably a, ste- it's a, a step above the Restaurant Depot and the, and the, and the Sam's. Uh, but, yeah, I've never, I've never done a Wagyu. Uh, it, it scares me. I don't uh, messing up that expensive of a, of a cut of meat. Kind of freaks me out a little bit.
0: I was going to say, are you scared because it costs uh, you know a hundred dollars for seven pounds, or are you just scared because it's a little <laughs> bit different?
2: It's different, you know. Uh, you know, for the most part, I, I do ninety nine percent of of my barbecue cooking at contest. Uh, you know, just just because of my day job and, and spending it making sauces all day, I usually don't cook a lot. Uh, during the week, so you know, it's something I've thought about. You know, people have offered to bring one, but uh, you know, I've been I've been happy with what I've been doing so far. It's uh, you know, when, when you when you beat somebody that that's cooked uh, a waggy brisket with a regular brisket, uh, it's a little bit more gratifying.
0: Matt Barber joining us here on the show from Hot Wachulas, the Pitmaster. You can find them, by the way, online, com. Matt, so as the final calls are coming in, getting closer and closer to that grand championship call, when it's just two places left, you had been, and maybe you haven't, but I assume you had been keeping track of some of the other calls. Did you have a feeling that you were top two, or where was your mindset at that point? Uh,
2: when they called third place, uh... I just said, oh, crap. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the Sands Club, there's only 20 teams. Right. You know, and so there are a lot of people getting multiple calls. So uh, once once they hit third, I was like, man, I, my ribs killed me. My ribs killed me. That's all I could think about. Um, so when, when they, you know, said my name next, I was – it was good. It was, it was a great surprise because I really wasn't expecting it, you know, Uh Cool. It was. It was. Uh, it was cool. So let me ask and you that's this. About, that's about all I can say.
0: Yeah, I mean, so let me ask you this, Matt. Uh, Reserve Grand Champion, obviously great. Second place in any competition is wonderful, uh, or in this particular instance, top six get to advance. So that's kind of like reward enough for being there. But being that it was that close to taking it all, I think twelve points maybe separated you between uh, one and two was there any twinge of disappointment or that you were this close that you go away kind of thinking, man, if I would have done this or I would have done that, I could have had that top spot.
2: Well, no, I've, I've never, I've never cooked contests like that. Um, you know, a lot of people they will get upset and, the, you know, they'll blame a the judge or like, man, this guy screwed me over on a score. Or, uh, I try and do that as a learning experience, you know, uh, you know, I, I know now I don't do a whole lot of KCBs. I mean, i probably do two to three a year. Uh, but 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 I try and take a a lesson out of it. You know, I know now that you know I want to put my ribs on a little bit earlier. I want to give myself a little bit bigger window. Uh, you know, I, I try and view it as a lesson to try and do better next time.
0: All right, Matt. So let me ask you this: You will be in the regional event. Top six get to move on. Does finishing so well this past weekend give you any extra boost of confidence for the next round? Or is it all individual for you, just one at a time? One isn't really going to help you win or lose over the next one.
2: Um, it is a big confidence boost for sure. I mean, this is uh, my best finish in any KCB event, uh, so it, it's definitely a, a confidence booster. Uh, you know, I'm just going to try and do better next time. You know, it's uh, you know, with this, the goal was you know, basically trying to get in the top six to move on, uh, and of course, getting the reserve was. Uh, was great Uh, but you know it's uh, you know we've got I've got a contest this week in Haines City an FBA contest uh, where I'm trying to defend I got a reserve grand Champion there last year so I'm trying to to defend that and try and do better again with that this week Uh, but you know just yeah I hope it didn't jinx me but you know (laughs) I'll try and uh, and repeat you know try and do as good uh, or at least move on uh, but a reserve agreement would be great next next level.
0: All right. So you've mentioned it a couple times. This was obviously a KCBS event. Uh, you're a Florida guy, and you're doing FBA events. Obviously, two different sanctioning bodies, different rules, scores, and so on. What do you like about each one? And uh, I guess what would you like to see changed about either one, if anything?
2: Um. You know, uh, the best thing I like about the FBA is the hour in between turn and times. Uh. I mean, uh, being a solo cooker, uh, it, it's a huge help. Uh, you know, the only the only downside to the FBA is they don't drop a low score out. Uh, so if you have one judge that doesn't like your stuff, you know it could really hurt you. But you know, at the same time, I understand if you're a judge, you want your judge you want your score to to count, but. That's the only issue I have. I mean, because it, it, it's burned me a couple times, but you just kind of uh, live with it. Uh, you know, KCB, the garnish thing is a little bit weird, uh, but the FBI has the same thing. You're basically you're basically garnishing it garnishing it with meat. Uh, but uh, I, I, I do wish that the KCB had an hour in between turns. That would be awesome.
0: Matt Barber joining us here on the show, Hot Wachulas dot com is the website. You know, I think what's kind of unique about you, Matt, is you know, you're know you more or less a one-man operation. You see other teams that have three or four or more people in camp. Do you like flying solo, or would you be open to taking on another set of helping hands if you could get that? I'm not talking about the guys that just want to show up and drink your beer, but I'm talking about people that might actually help you in a culinary sense. Um, you
2: know, I, I do have some friends occasionally come and help out at, at, at you know, different contests. Uh, you know, I've got people that come out for the for the Pig Fest, which is a KCB event here in Lakeland, um, just due to the size. Uh, and I've cooked with people in the past. Uh, I'm totally open to it. It's, uh, you know, the one thing I do like, uh, you know, cooking by myself is, you know, there's always that when you have multiple people on a team, and they're each cooking a category, if somebody does bad in chicken, then they get all the blame. Uh <laughs> You know, me, I, I can blame myself, but I can take credit for everything at the same time. Uh, but I, I am open to it. It'll, it'll happen. I'm, I'm cooking a couple of contests here in Florida uh, coming up where I'm going to have uh, some help with me. Uh, so I, I think it'll be a good thing.
0: All right, Matt. We have got a couple minutes left here. I apologize for the the technical issues up front there, but you know, a lot of people are on the circuit for various different reasons. Some teams are out to win team of the year. Some want to promote a sauce or a rub or a restaurant. Some want to pimp out the cookers that they have made for them. What gets Matt Barber out onto the circuit each and every week?
2: Um. Well, of course, you know, I, I have a bottling company, so so part of me getting into this uh, uh, into the competition circuit was. Uh, primarily to promote my sauces and uh, promote my, uh, pack packing, contract packing, uh, services that I offer. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a tough crowd. Uh, you know, to have another team you're competing against want to give you their sauce, uh, you gotta build up pretty good, uh, trust with them. So it's taken a while, but I'm finally starting to pick up some, up some of the business from it. Uh, but it seems lately I'm getting a lot more competitive with the actual cooking than than I have in the past.
0: So do you think you would point to do more competitions then during the course of the year, or you just kind of see where it takes you?
2: Um, I'm going to do a lot more. I'm I'm probably booked to do over 20 this year. Uh, So it it should be a busy year this year. I plan on doing at least four or five more uh, KCB events as well.
0: Matt Barber is the pitmaster of Hot Wachula's barbecue team, moving on to the next round for the Sam's Club Tour. Matt, I know we didn't get to a lot of the stuff that I actually wanted to, but hopefully we can uh, reserve you back for another uh, segment or two. We can talk about actually Hot Wachula products and all that good stuff. But continued success to you, and I really appreciate you coming out tonight.
2: Hey, man, I appreciate you letting me on. I uh, I apologize for my computer issues, but uh, thanks again.
0: Anytime. All right, there he is, Matt Barber. From Hot Wachulas. Love the name Hot Wachulas. We'll talk about that for days on end. And that is a uh, reserve grand champion. So if you listen to Whiskey Bend Barbecue in the Pit, you probably heard Chad with Joel Van, who was the grand champion of, and that's a good buddies barbecue. We'll get into the results of the Sam's Club Tour at the top of the second hour before we get into John Marcus. Hey gang, but that Rippy was, uh, whoa, what is Rampy doing right there? Let's, uh, let's get out of here. Uh, but we will talk about that at the top of the hour before we get into John Marks. But, again, that was uh, Matt Barber from Hot Wachulas. Love Hot Wachulas. Say it all day long and twice on Sunday. All right, gang, a quick reminder before we get in was Scott Roberts from scotterobertsweb.com. Look. One of the things I'm trying to do with the show, align myself with people who are similar in mindset, not happy with the status quo, not afraid to get outside the box and take chances, not afraid to take input from their customer base, or in my case, listener base, audience, whatever the case may be, and continue to press the envelope forward, continue to move this whole industry ahead time and time again, perhaps even farther than we ever thought possible. And that's why I like to make sure that I am recommending first and foremost a guy that you should trust, not only because he's a butcher, but he's a sponsor of the show. Dave Boster from Butcher Barbecue, that's right. Uh, Customers have been asking him to make all of these great new products. He's got uh, one now, like the Prime Injection for the beef. He is an award-winning barbecue cook taking third last year for Team of the Year in 2011. He has got a line of products, honestly, and I'm not just saying this because he sponsors the show. They're just second to none. If you like sauce that is sweet with a great flavor profile with just the right amount of heat, that goes great on anything, you could actually use it for brisket. I use it exclusively on chicken and pork and ribs. It's one of the best sauces ever. But his rubs are absolutely fantastic, especially that a honey barbecue rub. And you have the premium barbecue rub that he makes. That's salt and salt because I love salt. The steak and brisket rub. And then, of course, uh, he has a number of other items like the regular beef injection, the pork injection. If you're in the competition scene and you want to make sure maybe you're not happy with the scores, maybe you've seen some other people use this stuff, don't be afraid. Jump right to the website, butcherbbq.com. That's butcherbbq.com and order yourself up two pounds of everything. Because here's another thing. You don't have to worry about outrageous shipping costs because right now, all shipping rates have been set. Orders that are fifty-five dollars or less, your shipping cost will be seven dollars. All other orders will be nine dollars. So anything over, you know, fifty-six and above, nine dollars. So order as much as you want, and as long as the weight is, uh, as long as the order total is fifty-five dollars or less, you're going to be at a flat rate of shipping of seven dollars. It's just another way to trust the butcher. We're going to have Dave on again very shortly to talk about uh, all sorts of cool butchery stuff. But first and foremost, head on over to ButcherBBQ.com. Raise your competition barbecue up. And for a guy like me, raise your backyard barbecue up. It's ButcherBBQ.com. We're coming back with Scott Roberts. Hold on. Get in the
1: smoke. Call 877 448 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B Give me two shots.
0: All right, we are back, 36 past the hour. Welcome back to the show, 877-448-0433. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. That's two ways to get in touch with the show. Thanks again to Matt Barber. Uh, again, I apologize for the technical difficulty up front, but we will risk it again because that's what we do here on the show. We take a risk. We welcome back regular uh, monthly contributor to the show, Scott Roberts of scotterobertsweb.com. Scott, how are you, buddy?
3: Good. Yeah. What's everybody doing out here? How's my
0: sound? sound. Um, we're repeating a little bit, I think. You have headphones or something? Look at that.
3: Okay. How about now? The, the mic repeating now?
0: No, not too bad, actually. I think we're doing
3: good. Okay. I just turned the volume down a little bit. Hopefully it'll uh, get rid of those problems there.
0: All right. So we right. get to see a handsome Scott Roberts from scottrobertsweb.com before we get into the products that we're going to be reviewing or that you're going to be reviewing tonight. How about a little information on what's happening at scottrobertsweb.com right now? Uh,
3: Finally, getting back up to speed with a lot of activity. Of course, I think the big news in the chili pepper world is there is a new world's hottest pepper with the Moruga Scorpion. And I just recently interviewed the seed supplier of that pepper. Very comprehensive test, very controversial for some reason. I think there are just a lot of sour grapes for the past, uh, I, I guess, past growers who are in the record books, it's not Guinness certified yet, but I imagine it will be pretty soon.
0: Now, just remind us a little bit because you are the pepper expert. What was it used to be like the Ghost Balut chili pepper, and then it was the spider scorpion death poop uh, thing, uh, now it's this one? <laughs> what what is go, What was the one previous to this one you're talking about?
3: The Trinidad Scorpion Butch Tea,
0: right? And that was a, that, we like that one because it was one that grew and it was like natural. Uh, this one is not any type of uh, weird hybrid type pepper that we're, that's going to be taking the new record.
3: It's not. I I would say it's very closely related to the Maruga Scorpion, but it is a stable uh, kind of strain. It's not any weird you know combination of two or three different peppers put together. It's uh, very consistent the way it's grown. I'm not an expert as far as the DNA and the genetics and everything like that, but overall, on average, it ranks hotter than a Trinidad Scorpion, and it also has become the first chili pepper in the world to have one pod rate over 2 million Scoville units. That's pretty damn high.
0: Yeah, so has Scott Roberts actually ingested one yet, and if you did, what does it do to your person?
3: I'm sorry, what was that?
0: I said, has Scott Roberts actually ingested one of these peppers yet? And if you did, what has it done to your person?
3: Uh, Yes, I, in fact, grew them this past year. Uh, All I did was just cut them up, put them in a couple recipes, just things that I tried. I've never tried a whole one by itself. I imagine it's very similar to the effects of a Trinidad Scorpion butch Tea. Uh, Just burning, stomach cramping. And then a few hours later, explosive diarrhea.
0: Right. We always love explosive diarrhea when we're talking about hot peppers. <laughs> Scott, back your, um, back your speakers off a little bit. I think I'm getting myself in the, uh, in the feedback. Okay. But, uh, okay, so we'll move away back from the peppers, and let's go ahead and get into the products tonight. We have uh, first item uh, up from Mad up Dog Chipotle barbecue sauce. barbecue sauce.
3: Okay. Well, this one is made by Ashley Foods here. I got the bottle here. Uh, they make the uh, Mad Dog Hot Sauces. That uh, This is, I, I guess they're They stab- a kind of spicy barbecue sauce. It, it's not too spicy that will turn regular barbecue fans away. It's, of course, the Mad Dog, if I can just hold it here, all-natural Chipotle barbecue sauce. Uh, what irks me about this is that it use, uses Chipotles for smokiness, But then it uses the dreaded liquid smoke. I don't know why they do that. It ends up uh, giving it a really nasty artificial taste, much too smoky for my preference. And it it just, there's no need for it. I prefer the natural smokiness from smoked chili peppers. um, And of course, natural smoke flavoring too. Uh, If it wasn't for that, it might be a decent sauce. It's a very sweet, rich tomato y sauce, but because of that overabundance of smokiness and the artificial smoke liquid smoke flavor, I cannot recommend this.
0: All right, so what are we price. looking at as far as yeah. size and uh, price point, where price can point. you get it as well? Yeah.
3: Okay, it comes in a 12 fluid ounce bottle. Uh, you can buy it at ashleyfoods.com and it runs for 649 plus shipping. Uh, of course, I cannot recommend it. If you do, do want to happen to try it for yourself, go ahead. But on the scale of one to five, I would give this a two, which would be an oven baker
0: rating. Oh, my Lord. One of the worst ratings you've ever get. Have we had a one yet? Have we had, like, the worst rating you could possibly ever have?
3: We probably have. I would have to look back in your archives to see what it was.
0: Yeah, I know we've had a couple oven bakers. So uh, Mad Dog Chipotle gets to earn an oven baker rating as well. And, again, you can find it at AshleyFoods.com. Suckle Buster's original barbecue sauce is up next. Now, I actually know... The owner of this company, I have tried some of his rubs, but not the sauce. I'm very anxious to hear what you think about this.
3: Okay. I don't have a bottle of the sauce in front of me. It's at my girlfriend's house right now. But I I could tell you it is a very, very good product. Well, good close-up on me there. Sorry. Um, (laughs) It's it's just an all-around good, all-purpose utilitarian sauce. Uh, It has a a lot of the sweetness and richness and uh, the... I guess the deep, bold flavors that I like. But it's not going to blow you away. It's not going to make your, when you smack your mouth, all that sugariness and molasses, uh, all those kind of tones, it's not going to irritate you. Uh, it's good on just about everything I tried it on. Uh, smoked sausage, hamburgers, uh, ribs, uh, chicken. Uh, so it, it, it's just an all, it's a very good all-purpose sauce. Uh, really not much more that can be said about it just uh, try it for yourself uh, you could find it at sucklebusters com and it's available in a 12 ounce container or 699 plus shipping
0: all right and of so, course, uh, now is this something at uh, 12 fluid ounces and seven dollars is something given the flavor profile and how well you said it works is something you want to recommend to people or, or or I guess the better question is what kind of a rating are we getting here yeah.
3: I'm getting some feedback here. Uh, repeat that one last time, please.
0: Uh, I said, is this something that we would be looking at as uh, given $7 as a price point, 12 fluid ounces, uh, or perhaps is the better question, what kind of a rating is Scott Roberts giving it?
3: Uh, very good rating. I would give this a reserve green champion.
0: Oh, wow. So that's four out of five. So it
3: ranks four, four and a half out of five. Very good. Price. So I think it's definitely worth it for the 12 bucks. What, roughly, it just depends on what shipping is for you.
0: All right. And uh, now, you know, that's a different discussion for a different day. All right, Scott. Uh, so the final product for this evening is a Rubio Spice Company Griller's Rub. We always add a rub towards the end of this whole explanation of uh, sauces because rubs and sauces go very well together. What did you think about the Rubio Spice Company?
3: Uh, very unorthodox. Uh, here's the bottle there. I happen to have it. Um, it's not what I thought it would be. Uh, I tend to like sweeter things with pork and more savory stuff with beef. Uh, the predominant flavor in this is lemon pepper. And I guess maybe 15 years ago, my early 20s, I was a big fan of it back in the 90s. Uh, I quickly grew tired of that type of flavor, and I never really looked back. So the just a really tart, lemony, peppery-type tones I've never been crazy about it, so I had my presumptions that whenever I tried this, I'd try it out on beef. I thought, well, it's kind of more at the savory end. I don't think it would do so well on pork. It did not go well on beef at all. Uh, I tried it on a slab of ribs, and for some reason, the lemon flavors just kind of dissolved. It really mellowed out, and more of the sweetness came through. Now, whenever you go to smell the bottle of this, the the jar, you open it up, it's very kind of salty, savory, a little bit of sweetness comes through. You taste it by itself. It's just a pure sour lemon blast and not like a, I guess, a lemon candy. But, of course, after it's cooked, the flavors will just melt down in there. And it's, I guess, for something off the beaten path on something like ribs, it's actually not half decent. So, or not, it's pretty I guess that's a way to say it. All right. So uh, I, I guess I would have to marginally recommend this product. And you can find this one at rubiospice.com. It comes in a 3.75-ounce container for $3.99 plus shipping. And for this one, I would have to give a backyard griller rating, a 3 out of 5.
0: All right, so not bad. 3 out of 5 is fine. Uh, I've actually had chance to try this particular rub and i think your flavor profile notes are dead on and i guess what i because i tried it on steak when i was talking I, I was dealing with nathan from rubio spice company and he had said look it's, it's not a, a necessarily an issue of you want to try this on uh, your traditional barbecue meats not pork butt uh, not ribs as you had mentioned but get it on beef and grill it put it on steak, put it on hamburgers, your veritable uh, traditional grilling proteins. And when I put it on there, maybe because it's hot and fast and it didn't have time to kind of uh, cook and meld into everything, I have never been one that has been interested in sweet and beef, whether it be a brisket or whether it be a steak or whether it be a burger. And I was wondering if you happen to, to find the same thing at all.
3: Yeah, for for the most part, I tend to lean towards the more savory side—salty, garlicky—that end of the flavor spectrum. Now, I, I don't care for sweet and beef hardly at all. All right, but it, it just ironically, I happen to like it on ribs. It was on a smoker for three and a half hours. It just blended in well. Uh, I, I would say for the real quick and hot type real things, steak, burgers, it just didn't didn't work for me.
0: All right, so uh, let's quickly review again. We have the Mad Dog Chipotle Barbecue Sauce. Uh, that one, uh, we can't uh, recommend at all. That was one of the worst things we've ever tasted, right? Uh, not one of the worst, uh, I, but I do not recommend it. All right. Uh, and then we have the <laughs> Suckle Buster's Original Barbecue Sauce, so that was getting four out of five. Uh, briefly recap some of the, the highlight of the flavor profiles that you like. Uh,
3: very, very well-balanced uh, I know a lot of people tend to like things more vinegary or more sweet and rich and molasses-like. Uh, to me, it's just a good, I guess, uh, I don't know, the harmonization point for all those kind of flavors. So you're probably bound to find something that you really like.
0: And then the Rubio Spice Company Griller's Rub again, three dollars, uh, not three three dollars ninety-nine cents for uh, about three and three-quarter ounces at RubioSpice.com. Uh, some of the things that you liked, some of the things that you didn't like.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I would consider this to be experimental in nature, not for the company themselves, but just for anyone who might want to try to cook with it. I don't know. it's it, Probably your mileage may vary on this. Uh, I, I did not find it working well on beef at all. All
0: right, Scott Roberts joining us here from scottrobertsweb.com. Uh, Scott, what are you going to be uh reviewing here upcoming and are there any hot sauces that some of the barbecue people might like to be on the lookout for any ones you might have tasted recently that you could recommend
3: quite a bit um one that's been around for quite a while and i've been friends with the uh creator of them has been jack's tailgaters Uh, you can find it at jackstailgaters.com he has a lot of things that are off the beaten path like a pineapple orange habanero sauce uh from the sound of it, it might sound a little too hot, but it's not. It's an absolutely wonderful finishing sauce for really grilled, light meats, uh, chicken, shrimp. Uh, it's so sweet and so flavorful. Uh, it, it just packs the right punch uh, heat-wise, but it's it just an incredible sauce. He also makes a raspberry chipotle sauce that's just out of this world. And is Jack's Tailgater the
0: manufacturer or is he the retailer? Is is Jack's Tailgater the retailer or is he the manufacturer? The manufacturer. All right. Any other uh, tidbits that we should be on the lookout here uh, before I cut you loose, Scott? Uh, Just keep an
3: eye on scottrobertsweb.com. There's always going to be something that's uh, unexpected and coming up soon.
0: All right. uh, Scott Roberts joins me every month. Scott, we'll be uh, looking for you again next month for a couple new sauces and a rub. Okay, sounds right. good. Thanks for coming Thanks. on Great tonight, pleasure. Scott. A successful uh, video attempt, I think. We're trying here, folks. We're trying to get you integrated with some of the top people in the industry. Um, John Marcus has just checked in. His plane has landed. Got <laughs> to get close. He's uh, the keynote speaker over at the National Barbecue. Is it the NBBQA that's happening out there in San Diego? I'm not there. I can be hired out to be a spokesperson. You want me to sell product? Get me out to the NBBQA. I'll move product. My uh, appearance fee is nominal, Nominable. nominable. <laughs> Abominable. Folks, quick reminder about the longest sponsor of the show in any form or fashion. We know them simply as the good folks over at the Barbecue Guru out of Warminster, Pennsylvania. Now, I've gotten from top men over at the Barbecue Guru, but there is a new product that they are just working on the final stitches of, and soon enough, Barbecue Bob Trudnak will be back on this show to announce one of the ultimate new gadgets out there in the automatic pit temperature control devices. It's going to blow your mind. And again, finishing touch is happening right now. Barbecue Bob will be on shortly, potentially even next month, to introduce the newest part of automatic pit temperature control technology. But while we're talking about it, let's go ahead. Let me quickly remind you of the four pieces that they have in their automatic pit temperature control stable as we speak. One is the ProCom 4 wireless unit. Now, maybe you're like me. You're somebody that is constantly moving around. You don't want to be stuck to the cooker you want to mingle with some of the neighborhood ladies and gentlemen they're asking you what you're cooking you say hey don't i'll be more than happy to uh, get you around and uh, show you everything but let me quick and show you this Procom 4 wireless unit i can control it wirelessly I can make adjustments right to my pit temperature from this handy little device, and I can roam up to 600 feet away from the cooker if I want to, to get a beer or snack inside the house or whatever the case may be. I also have the Cyber-Q 2 unit. I have a Digiq, And then of course, the thing that has revolutionized automatic pit temperature controls fully here over the last couple months and into the new year is Party-Q, Party-Q $129 entry-level into automatic pit temperature controlled device luxuriousness. It attaches right onto your cooker, whether it be a ceramic style, whether it be a Weber Smoky Mountain style cooker. Also, will go on the kettle grills as well, so you can get your particular make and model of those styles. And for $129, your entry-level in is right there. It runs off the AA batteries. It's extremely portable. It's going to travel with you no matter what. All you have to do is remember to bring extra batteries if you're going to be doing extremely long cooks you're going to get 40 hours out of a set of batteries anyway so that's going to be good for at least three or four cooks depending on how you're doing it maybe not hot and fast like patio daddy maybe traditional whatever the case may be party queue is right for you and you're going to find them two ways on the internet the bbqguru.com, or you call them toll free 800-288-Guru let's wrap up the first hour stick around Be right back
1: Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show.
0: Who would have thought this music thing was going to go this far? I never asked for this. I never asked for this fast living. The women, the whiskey, craziness. There's whiskey in my soul. Hey, Bert, us I've been drifting down that open highway. Finger in the air. All I'll right, we are back. Thanks again to Scott Roberts for joining me. I'm going to have to start passing out leaflets of information when guests are coming on via video. And that's my fault. And it's going to have to include uh, earphones. You can't see... Uh, I know I've already, uh, I might have done this before, but I've actually, since I brought in more cameras, I've streamed down the look. I've had, uh, I used to have these. Uh, These were the old uh, earphones that I used to wear. They took up a lot of real estate on the head, and since we're trying to be a little bit more professional, I went, I believe it's called the Audio Implements. And now I have one that looks like this. It's a a custom mold of my inner ear, and uh, the whole thing hides away. So I, I put it on, now I'm not going to be able to put it in right, here we go. Oh, geez, Luis, there we go. And it fits right in my ear, so I can hear everything that's happening, and just like a regular news anchor person, but you can't tell it's on there. You can't see it's in my ear, even if I kind of go over this, you see a little bit of the that uh, stretchy cord, and that clips right to the back of my thing, and blah, blah, blah. But they send you a mold, you have to mix it together, and mash it into your ear you let that set up and you send it away somehow they turn it in from whatever that mold was into this thing that's right in my ear and it's really one of the most comfortable things you don't get a huge audio production out of it like you had in those old style cans but it's not just a radio show anymore you need to see all of my face and not somebody mentioned that the big headphones were showing less of my face and that was probably a good thing i can't sit here and argue with that wait a second Get that you, out of here. Was it you? Let's uh, briefly thank my first hour guest. We talked with Matt Barber from Hot Wachulas. Hotwachulas.com. They are a bottling company. They also make, I believe, salsas and sauces. So you want to check them out. Hotwachulas.com. And then, of course, we talked with Scott Roberts just a few moments ago. But yeah, so anyway, I was going to tell the guests to make sure that they have. Uh, headphones, so you can eliminate. You know, laptops are great, but their microphones are just like outrageous with some of that ability to pick up all the ambient noise. And if they don't have proper noise cancellation, this is crazy. So you're getting a lot of the ambient room noise. So you gotta, you got a headphone up. You gotta look a little kooky. Got to look like meathead and wear the headphones, or help, you know, help the show out. Look a little kooky. It's all right. We want to see your face. Nobody wants to see this face. Believe me. But that will be on the forefront of a uh, future guests. So hopefully we're not running into the same issue with John Marcus, who again just checked in letting me know that he had caught a break and he is actually on his way to the hotel right now. We are fighting against time. What can I tell you? I have a good feeling we're gonna get this John Marcus character. So every I mean everybody is loaded in because they want to know if they've made it onto the show. Is he gonna be making any type of broadcast announcement? letting the cat out of the bag on what teams are there. People were emailing me feverishly. Did we make the show? What do you know? Are we going to know by the end of February? I don't know. Guess what? Didn't apply for the show. John. Oh, Really one of the worst beers I've ever had in my life. I don't know, but we hopefully will be in touch with John Marcus here shortly to talk about. All right, we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap up with the first hour. Once again, thanks to Matt Barber from Hot Wachulas and thanks to Scott Roberts from scottrobertsweb.com a great website to keep up with by the way Uh, you are listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show we're going to come back with the second hour right after this hopefully John Marcus at 14 past the hour your calls and emails 877-448-0433 this is the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks
3: Hey, this is Helen Paradise from
1: SoCal, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show.
0: From my heart
4: and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention?
0: Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show.
4: We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going?
2: (laughs) You have a great show. I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the charbono, dude.
4: Succulent
2: fish. What?
4: He ate fifty-four wiener. But listen, Laberni, it's a shake I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds.
0: <laughs> you could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills.
4: I just like being anywhere with. Junior, Senior,
0: and Diva. Sounds like oh, a whole other type of movie. <laughs> wow. Yeah, <laughs>
3: wow, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now.
0: Hmm. Tough men. All right, just like that, we are back for the second hour. howdy Ho, eight seven seven four four eight zero four three three. 877 Greg at the All right, let me see here. Blast through some email here. That was Scott telling me we're going to try video. That kind of worked. Fred Bernardo running how to see the show. He probably just wants to know what it's all about. See if he made it onto the show. We don't know, Fred. We don't know yet. That's John Marcus telling me and here is uh, Rob uh, Mandeville. Let's not talk about that. Uh, let's not talk about that one. Rob, I'll get back to you in private on that. You in the chat room, Rob? I'll get back to you in private on that. Business question. Rob, I will talk to you. Uh, I will send you an email after the show. All right, 877 877-448-0433. Greg. At the BBQ Central Show.com is the email address if you want to jump in. Uh, gang, we've talked about, you know, one of the hottest things that's going right now with the Kansas City Barbecue Society. Aside from the evolution and growth and popularity of competition barbecue in general, now, this is regardless of sanctioning body. You can be cooking IBCA, you can be cooking Florida Barbecue Association, which I did want to talk with Matt more in depth about. Uh, Also, Kansas City Barbecue Society. And then, of course, you have all of these various sanctioning organizations, sanctions, sanctioning organizations or barbecue societies, not necessarily sanctioning events of their own, like a NEBS, a New England barbecue society, like a Mid Atlantic barbecue society, like Great Lakes barbecue society, like Iowa barbecue society, like the Des Moines, uh, not Des Moines, uh, but the Boise, Idaho. Barbecue Society, uh, the High Mountains, the West Coast Barbecue, whatever the case may be. Uh, all of these other sub-fractions that are supporting barbecue, that are putting on events in local areas. It's growing in leaps and bounds. And one of the most popular things that has taken place over the last 12 months is the fact that Sam's Club has finally annied up, realized that, hey, on a given weekend... And it doesn't just have to be the competition guys, although it is a lot of competition guys hitting a Sam's Club because they know that they can... I mean, what what's one of the mantras of um, competition barbecuers anyway? Consistency, consistency, consistency. A process, doing the same thing each and every time. When you get to a Sam's Club, there is that familiarity on... I'm going to be able to get this kind of meat. I'm going to be able to get this many ribs and this many pork butts and a cryovac. It's very normal, whether you're out in the middle of uh, Maine, whether you are in the southeast panhandle of Florida, whether you're in the midsection of Nebraska or all the way out onto the west coast. If there's a Sam's Club there, you are going to be able to find exactly the same, I guess for the most part, regions may vary, but for the most part, You are going to be able to find exactly what you can find in one part of the country that you're going to be able to find in another part of the country. And that's why there was such an invigoration and such a rejuvenation and and growth in popularity when Sam's Club decided to step up and get into this whole sponsorship of this Sam's Club tour or series. Can we call it a series, a Sam's Club series, because it's happening during the calendar year? of Kansas City Barbecue Society anyway. Now, there's been a number of questions as registrations were opening up. Do I have to be a member do I not have to be a member? Is there a waiting list? Is there not a waiting list? All things that we covered here a number of times on the show. But here's what you need to know. Yes, you absolutely, you absolutely must say or must be a KCBS member in order to take part in the Sam's Club And I've done a lot of due diligence and unless something has changed and a lot of you guys out there in the completely full, wow, it's full chat room, you have to be a Sam's Club member or (laughs) you have to be a KCBS member in order to cook, which is fine. I'm not going to sit here and say that you shouldn't have to to force, although I believe I kind of did at one point two or three months ago. But the first round took place just this past weekend in a very luxurious location, and by luxurious, I mean not cold and snowing like some other parts of the country, and that being Tampa, Florida. Now, I believe there is a 30-team cap on all Sam's Club events. So this one was a little light. This is one that you probably wanted to get into. If we're talking about odds of winning and great teams showing up and getting their hand at uh, potentially moving on to the next round, which is going to be like a regional round, 20 teams – is a better odds maker than it would be to go against the full 30-team allotment. So these are the teams that manned up, that were able to get it done and get their first top six, because top six advances on. So in no particular order, actually I'll go ahead and go from first to sixth because I can count backwards. Grand champion, who you heard on Whiskey Bend Barbecue in the Pit, uh, Good Buddies Barbecue. Uh, Hot Wachulas, Matt Barber, Reserve Grand Champion. Ladies and gentlemen, don't know if you heard. Dr. Barbecue Ray Lampy, third overall. What? I'm going to put a star next to that one. I got something to say about that. Uh, Big Papa's Country Kitchen in fourth, Dana Hillis up here. And then you have uh, Everglades Seasoning Barbecue. Uh, if anybody is a FBA guy, I don't want to speak out of school here, but did Everglades seasoning used to be smoke and cracker? Wasn't that Jimmy Brode? Was that is that him? Was that one and the same? Did he change names? All right, thank you, Kevin, for that. Uh, Jimmy, one of the top cooks in all of competition barbecue, especially the FBA. Rounding out the top six and the final team to advance onto the regional, coming out of the Tampa, Florida local was Great Lakes Barbecue and Feet. So we love uh, Great Lakes. Kick it. Let me get back to, in the last two minutes and 30 seconds, You know, we talk a lot about top teams out there in the industry. Top teams in the competition world. Who's doing it weekend in and weekend out. And in this show, uh, especially me, I like to make sure that I pay homage to the people that have paved the way. And here's the issue that I have. I'm not going to name any names, but there's a lot of people out there who get a lot of props for what they've done in the past. But it has been a very long time, lest they have even competed in the last five, six, seven, ten 10 years. And there's a lot of people out there who have given uh, Ray Lampy a lot of shit because he's on television. He is a big green egg chef. He's doing a lot of uh, corporate gigs and stuff mixed up with the NFL, and he's got a lot of cookbooks out now. I don't want to say they deemed him as a salad because he's well-revered in the industry. But behind the scenes, all I'm saying is he was getting a little trash talk behind his back. This is a guy that's going out who has gotten all this success, but he, when in the money, when, the, when it comes to putting everything on the table, Ray can't cook in competitions, that he doesn't have the game anymore, he's washed up, he's out of here. I'm going to guess that there was a small, and by small I mean large, beverage of shut the F up. Poured and then consumed by one Ray Lampy with a finger in the air to all the people that thought that he didn't have it anymore, that he was just a big talker, that he was more into talking about sanctioning bodies and organizations and all of this other stuff. And when it came to competing and putting his product on the other table, people could just come right in and wipe the floor with him. And that is not the case, as he has proven right this very past weekend, moving on now into the uh, regional sections of this Sam's Club series. Is he a prohibitive favorite? I'm certainly not going to sit here and bet the house on him. Is it gratifying to me to see somebody who has uh, been part of a a trailblazing group kind of swing back into it and show that he's still got the tools and the goods to win uh, and and get high calls in the competition and finish very well overall? Absolutely it does. It does. I love it. I love it to no end. Congratulations to Ray Lampy and the other five teams that moved on as well. All right, let me look here real quick. I got an email. All right, no problem. I'm good with that. You go ahead and weigh in. You tell me if you thought Ray Lampy was overrated and you have to eat a little crow. Because right now I'm going to talk about Shane Draper. Now Draper's Barbecue is a third generation barbecue company located. In Western Kentucky, in between Memphis and Kansas City, Shane Draper has created a line of products that represent both cities as well as the flavor profile of his home. Draper's Smoking Sauce—a balanced blend of spices that marry savory, sweet, tangy, and some heat—in a flavor profile that is just at home on the competition trails. It is in your backyard. Now, Draper's Barbecue also has a very versatile rub, simply known as AP rub. You know, we've heard me talk about it for weeks. The AP, short for all purpose, is a balance of savory, salty, sweet, and heat, and it makes a great flavor enhancer on any protein. But look, it can be used on pro popcorn, french fries, salads, chicken wings, onion rings, check's Mix, baked potatoes, and in dredges for frying fish or chicken, whatever the case may be. Let's be honest. Let's cut right to the chase. Your only imagination, I'm sorry, your imagination is its only limitation. It's good on virtually anything. Now look here. smoking Sauce and AP Rubber, great on their own. But they were designed to be used together like lovers, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. The dovetail of two flavors makes a completely different and complex profile that keeps the judges thinking about your entry long after you've turned it in. You can find Draper's products at these three trusted retailers, drapersbbq.com, the main website. You can also go over to the guys that started the bacon explosion, been on this show a number of times, bbqaddicts.com, or you can check them out at bbqproshop.com. Dot com All Drapers' trusted resources. You can also find Drapers' Barbecue on Facebook and Twitter. Shane, always available for questions and cooking advice. Now, maybe you have a local store you want Drapers' Barbecue products in. You can send Shane an email at info at DrapersBBQ.com. They're always looking to add new stores and new markets, and your tip could lead you to earning some free swag. Now, be on the lookout, folks, for Drapers' Barbecue's newest product called Mood Enhancer. This rub was built to make anything that ever moved taste better. From brisket to tri-tips, steaks to hamburgers, this rub has a covered. Mood Enhancer has very little sugar. It's low in salt and stands up for low and slow cooking as well as hot and fast. And stay tuned here to this very show for the exclusive relief date coming very soon. Drapers Barbecue, when they say three generations of pride and flavor in a bottle, you know they mean it. DrapersBBQ.com. Loved, loved having Shane as a sponsor here on the show. All right, we're going to step back. Might have to vamp a little bit for uh, Marcus, but stick around. We will be right back.
1: live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey.
0: 14 past the hour. Welcome back. 877 4480433. Grant the BBQ Central Show.com. Chad Ward weighing in from Whiskey Bend Barbecue. Good rant. Was pissed to lose to Ray. I thought the same thing you said. Please don't repeat that. Ayo! <laughs> I know it, man. I know that there are a lot of people that thought that Ray was kind of washed up, that he didn't have the goods anymore, whatever the case may be. I don't know what to sit here and tell you. You have a guy that has proven that he could do it in the past, and, and here you go. He's kind of bringing back out of the woodshed, laying it down on the candy asses of Tampa Bay. All right, we're uh, waiting for John Marcus. We are out to him right now. Let me set it up a little bit for you, because I don't want him to bore you with uh, the logistics of how this all happened once we get them. Uh, John is uh, delivering a Keymart (laughs) (laughs) Uh keynote. I can deliver keynotes too, hint. Delivering the keynote at the National Barbecue Association. And he was in midair during most of the show already. And we were kind of playing time zone chase and a lot of things had to go right the plane had to take off right which it did he emailed me at work then he had to get picked up by the thing some guy uh, had some type of heart attack on the plane we were able to muddle through that as well and now we're just waiting for him to fire up and get out there connect here to us because there's a, i think kevin bevington who is the uh, behind the scenes man down in uh, Ovida. Could be one of the biggest crowns we've ever had here during the show, right? The mere mention of Barbecue Pitmasters, Season 3, teams auditioning, whatever the case may be, all cards are flying out the window at this point. People want to know if they got in. People are probably hedging bets because a lot of people are degenerates. Let me tell you something, Kevin. uh, Rod Gray is going to be pissed that the record was broken merely one week. After he made his appearance. A lot of email as far as that's concerned. Rod Gray hitting on a number of topics. All right, so in case you were uh, under a rock and you didn't know. Barbecue Pitmaster Season 3 is in. And, uh, you know, what I continually find to be very entertaining about this whole thing. Is, you know, as somebody who has a barbecue show. As someone who was not a competitor. As someone who did not send in an audition thing. There were a lot of tapes out there. A lot of people privately emailed me, hey, watch my video, Uh, give me your thoughts about my video, this and that and the other thing. I don't think I have anywhere near any type of qualification to properly judge anybody's entry video. Because here's what I think. I think the people, and we'll talk to John about this uh, once he comes on, but I think the people that have already been on the show, whether it be season one, whether it be season two, whether it be season three. Okay, it can't be season three. Whether it be season one or season two, you are at a disadvantage for getting on the show. If you haven't ever been on one of the shows, I think personally, I have no inside information on this. It's just me thinking out loud and what makes sense to me and what I have heard John say in past conversations. If you have been on the show the chances of you getting on to season three are probably slim. And let me tell you why. It's not because you made a crappy audition tape. It's not because you tried to pretend too much like you were somebody else and not staying true to who you are. It's not because you sat in front of a huge $25,000 Kingsford Kamado Komodo and lifted up the top and said, Uh ah sweet blue. 27 times. Has nothing to do with any of that. <laughs> Kamado Komodo. Ah, sweet blue. Wrong. Meet to please you. Has nothing to do with any of that. I don't think anybody who has been on a show in previous seasons is going to have a good shot of getting on because if I'm recalling right, let me ask you this question. For the people that made videos that have already been on a season, do you think it's fair that you would be able to get on another show the following year? If we're all talking about wanting to be exposed and having the best cookers on there and all of this stuff, do you think in the grant, and if Look, I know we're talking personally here and it's always hard to retract personal feelings from the side of business. Do you think it makes good television if you're running a show assuming that Pitmasters season 2 is going to be uh, I'm sorry, season 3 is going to be somewhat more like season 2 and probably nothing more at all like season 1. And funny side note, who would have thought that season 1 of Barbecue Pitmasters would be held as the gold standard? Of barbecue competition. But do you think that if you were already on that TV show, why should you be on there again? Whether you won or not, if it's a game show, the same people aren't showing up on Chopped every week. The same people aren't showing up on Elimination Boil the Water Challenge on the Food Network every other week. There's going to have to be diversity. They're going to have to cater to the genre of barbecue because it is barbecue pitmasters, but they don't have to continually use the same team. Because if on season two of Barbecue Pitmasters you had the entire cast of season one, and then in season three, if you have the entire cast of season two on season three, what's going to happen? you're going to continually say, "Oh, these guys don't care. They're not giving a good cross-section of what barbecue is really all about, and there's 20 different teams on there that could outcook those 6 or 7 people that are on this season's barbecue pitmasters." There has to be a continual renewal of talent. And here's the other thing we need to consider. It's TV. It's not this. you know. This isn't TV. This is internet radio, television radio. And I can be just as entertaining to myself or with 100 people that are watching right now and the other 75 people that have connected through audio and who knows how many people are just dialed in through a random landline because that's how you can also hear the show now, which is completely outrageous. But if you're seeing the same faces over and over again, you're going to get sick of it because of the style of show. Now, let me say this. If season three of Barbecue Pitmasters would be like season one, then we can have a reality TV show about barbecue showing the competition end of things, but but also showing the people. In my estimation, look at this guy showing up in the chat room. Look at this guy. B-Rent. B-Rent. when you coming on, be like uh, the first... Are you 18 yet? Like the first, I want to say, kid. But you know. Gotta be talking. B-Rent, you gotta be on the show. We gotta talk about the future of barbecue because you're one of them. We'll hook it up. Email me, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. 20 in two days, so you're not even legal to drink moonshine or beer. I know you probably have, buddy against the wall hit me up we're going to get you on the show I want to talk to the future of barbecue you and uh, uh, Myron Mixon's kid what's his name if season three of barbecue pitmasters was going to be like season one then we have a show that's a show that I think is workable John Marcus is calling my cell phone I, I, I can't take this call damn it I'm going to have to take this call all right, you guys listen to this uh, commercial
3: Art does a little dance. At Stephen DeFranco Jewelers, our diamonds dance too. The great cut of our diamonds make them sparkle and dance with light, the same way your hearts will dance together for a lifetime. It's taken some time to find the right girl to be your lifelong dancing partner. So why not match your dancing hearts with our dancing diamonds? Stephen DeFranco Jewelers in Willoughby, the engagement ring and wedding band store.
0: Got to turn the mic on. Got to remember to turn the mic on. All right, uh, that was top man in the industry, uh, John Mark. No signal. You figure it with a guy like that, you figure with a guy like that, you're going to make sure that he has the highest speeds of internet available, but he's in the business center of a hotel, and he is unavailable to get any type of internet signal. How does that happen? How does an Emmy Award-winning producer not have the ability... They have high-speed internet so we can see uh, his gleaming face because everybody wants to see. Look, this show has gone from being a radio show to being somewhat of a television show, and I'm not afraid to say it. Uh, I have uh, what most people would call not-movie star good looks. No surprise. Right, but well uh, we go ahead and race over to the hotline without delay, we bring up, as promised... Uh, an Emmy Award-winning TV producer, the pitmaster of Central Pork West competition cooking team, and uh, we'll be talking about his newest barbecue TV project, the third edition of Barbecue Pitmasters. Help me welcome back to the show, John Marcus. John, how are you, buddy?
4: Greg, I am far better for the chance to speak to you at this time.
0: John, how does an Emmy Award-winning TV producer not be catered the highest speeds of Internet in order to make this show happen? It's outrageous. <laughs>
4: It's real simple. Uh, I'm in California now, not New York.
3: Ah, and it, I see. Things
4: are so much more laid back here that I came in. Uh, I had told the guy I had a had an important radio interview to do. Please check me in, <laughs> and he kept saying, "Would you like a complimentary breakfast tomorrow? How about a newspaper?" Because he just knew it was going to piss me off. <laughs> and I got in my room. I don't have a Wi-Fi signal there, so it's just I think. I'm in a swanky hotel that is under construction right now. That's the problem.
0: All right. Well, uh, nevertheless, we have you now. We're going to be talking about a bunch of different stuff. Hopefully, your your time schedule is amenable. Um, be- before we get I'm in I'm yours.
4: I'm right. yours, Greg. Just let's... I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just unwinding. This is my chance to decompress. You know, I was, I was on an airplane where a guy almost died on the flight over here.
0: Did he, uh, did he hear about the format of Season 3 of Barbecue Pitmasters?
4: Get that stuff out of here. You're you're on fire tonight.
0: <laughs> All right. So, uh, obviously, I'm not a comedian. Uh, now, look, John, before we get into Season 3 of Barbecue Pitmasters, uh, you're in San Diego, California, for the uh, National Barbecue Society, whatever. You'll be keynote speaking, and not looking to scoop the speech before it happens, but what does a person like yourself talk about in front of these barbecue people? What do you be keynoting?
4: Well, um, I was... Uh uh, it was uh, an honor, to really, to get a call back in September to ask if I would uh, come and do this. <clears throat> and uh, uh, I said, well, what, what would you like me to talk about? And they said, talk about, your, talk about your journey on how you got to where you are today in the, in the world of barbecue. And um, that seemed like a fun thing to do. So uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm basically going to tell, tell the odyssey of my life beginning in a small town. And, you know, my, my primary goal was to try to write for TV. And that's what I've been able to do for the last 25 years is write television shows. And then this, this barbecue thing happened kind of by accident. I mean, my, my mom is still shaking her head about the fact that I cook meat outside. She doesn't. She just doesn't know how it happened. And and the truth is, is like I honestly I wasn't that much into cooking for many many years. When I moved to Los Angeles, I took some cooking classes because I thought it was the way to meet women.
0: How's that working out?
4: Well, this was about uh, this was in nineteen (laughs) seventy nine. So, the class was filled with women, but they were all married.
0: Well, but, that's you know, Greg, uh, the
4: great thing is they all had friends.
0: Absolutely. Uh, friends yeah. are uh, some of the best things ever. Um, Thank you. Have you been to uh, NBBQA before? And, you know, aside from the speech you're going to be doing, is there anybody that you, you kind of have a, a lookout for, somebody you want to get out and meet and greet?
4: You know, I, I did uh, a year ago, um, I did the NBBQA, uh, I did a panel. On getting on uh, getting on television shows and how to present yourself for TV, and that was a real fun experience. Um, I uh, I just uh, look forward to seeing the brethren and to see anybody you know who I've come across the tr- on the trail with. I, I'm you know I, I'm always like in a I'm always just about ninety nine out of hundred barbecue people
0: I like meeting. So what's the one person like? What kind of barbecue person is that?
4: Um, someone who is more interested in fame than in really what the whole sport is. That's the one person that is harder to meet because you don't quite trust them.
0: We'll probably get into that in some form or fashion here in just a little bit. Uh, sure. John Marcus I mean, joins You us. know, every,
4: every profession has those people, Greg, and... And whether I'm, you know, whether I'm working, uh, writing scripted television or, or or doing barbecue, you have the same characters pop up.
0: Now, uh, you know, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that. We're talking with John Marcus, by the way. So when you go to events like this or in public events where uh, it's a lot of barbecue people... Mm-hmm. Are you getting hit up a lot at every turn? Is people Are people looking to, to shove a tape in your hand or, or work an angle on you or some form or fashion? Or is it, by and large, uh, hey, nice to meet you, like what you're doing, and they just kind of move along?
4: It's never... After season two, it's never nice to meet you, like what you're doing. <laughs> As you well know, Greg. Uh, but, but you know, um, I, I really enjoy... Uh, I, I feel like it's a privilege to get to be um, uh, a bridge between our world of barbecue and the world of television. I, I feel like it's a privilege. So if people come up to me, and uh, they're you know they're not they're not overly aggressive about it. But if they come up and they say, "Listen, you know, I need you to look," I, the truth is, I can't accept any materials because I'm not the person that does that. Um, they everybody knows where the stuff needs to go, and. Uh, uh but but I just enjoy I mean I enjoy being around the, our world so you know if there's a little bit of an occupational hazard there but I'm fine with it it's okay
0: all right so before we get into season 3 uh, John we've had a barbecue pitmaster season 1 we've had a barbecue pitmasters season 2 as we look back on those you know now you know one's been like a year or so and the other one's even longer than that As you look back on the two efforts individually, start with season one. What did you really love about that show? What did you like, but do you think could have been approved on season one? And then the same thing for season two. Uh,
4: Well, season one is the season. You know, looking back, Greg, you have to go all the way back to the Outdoor Life Network, really, if you want to look at the trajectory of the show. Right. And so it's been since I think since 2006 I've been doing these shows. And um, so there's been, there's been an evolution to them. Uh, what I like about TLC's Barbecue Pitmaster Season 1 was that it really was true to the life of the actual competitor. And um, I was very privileged to work with those people that we brought in to cook because those were great characters and I am in touch with almost all of them. There's there, there's one or two that um, have made it very difficult to be friends with them. But um, generally, you know, this is a good group, and I'm I'm happy to be in their lives still. And I just sort of like the essence of barbecue, and I, I, I felt like it was almost the most custom-made show for the fans and the actual competitors out there. So I just like the character bits. And I liked that we were true to barbecue there.
0: What about season, season two? Season two.
4: What I really liked about season two, <laughs> it really made me miss season one.
0: Nevertheless, but, but, John, there had to have been but, but, redeeming qualities, yeah. however few of those of minutes course, were.
4: Of course, of course, there is. You know, I mean, first of all, it's it's it's. Um, always great to have uh, a show on television you know the real estate of having a show on tv is something that's very hard to achieve and any time that somebody says we'd like to do a barbecue show i'm really grateful to them and i'm grateful to tlc and to the discovery network for having a continued interest in this world that is not you know the most populous world there is uh-huh. but what i loved about season 2 was as always the people that were chosen to be on the show um, were like among my favorites. I mean, I I really enjoyed meeting Big Papa Smokers and working with uh, Dan Hicks and working with Diva Q and, uh, you know, and Johnny Trigg was on the show and Nicole Davenport. So, So it's like these are my kind of gallery of favorites that got to be there. So I really like that. I, I just sort of think, you know, whenever these people get a chance to cook on TV, it's good for all of us.
0: John Marcus joining us here on the show. All right, John, I'm going to have to back you off here for three minutes. Let me go ahead and uh, talk about a sponsor because I'm coming up against it. Barbecue has never oh, been easier oh, barbecue. Let's try again. Now, John, this could be a sponsor that you're interested in, so please stand by for this. This is a public service message to all the barbecue brothers and sisters from one of my sponsors, Steve DeFranco of Stephen DeFranco Jewelers, who was also a barbecue junkie. Now, being married to a barbecue maniac can be trying. We can all agree to that. Think about all the nonsense a barbecue wife or girlfriend has to put up with. Here's just a few examples of why buying her an anniversary ring from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers might be a good idea. How about this reason? You are always making a huge mess in the kitchen and you don't clean up, do you? That includes dirty barbecue utensils in the sink and the dishwasher. Or perhaps all you think about is barbecue. The books, the TV shows, the websites, you name it. You're thinking about it all the time. You leave sticky barbecue sauce on the cabinet doors, in the silverware drawers, on the kitchen table, on the chairs, on the car, on the dog. To you, your clothes smell great when they're covered with barbecue smoke. To your significant other... You're clothes think up the house. Exactly how many years has she put up with this, sir or madam? You're always filling the refrigerator with meat that you want to cook when you barbecue or when you smoke too much, or you're experimenting. You're filling the freezer with meat that you already cooked, taking up space that could be used for other stuff like vegetables or non-barbecue food. The shelves are always full of jars of barbecue sauce, some open, some half open. The spice cabinet full of jars and rubs and spices. Some you don't even remember that you even have. Now look, when was the last time you bought her a new piece of jewelry? Do me a favor. Call Steve at Stephen DeFranco Jewelers because he can help. Heck, he has to go and get out of trouble himself with his wife because he has a barbecue addiction as well. Now whether you participate in competition barbecue or just barbecue for fun like me, taking care of your wife by showing you how much you love her with a beautiful diamond anniversary ring from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is just the ticket for her allowing you to continue to mess up the kitchen with all your barbecue insanity. You're probably thinking that treating her to a new anniversary ring will break the bank and ruin your plans for a new grill or smoker. You're completely wrong. The diamond anniversary rings at Stephen DeFranco Jewelers started under $500. Not only does Stephen stock great quality, but you go to stephendefranco.com on the website and you can see lots of great styles and lots of great prices as well. And as always, Steve has a very special barbecue and sister deal just for you. Here's how it works. You go to stephendefranco.com. You pick out a new Diamond Anniversary ring. You call Steve at 440-943-2700. You tell him you're a barbecue brother or sister, and he'll give you an additional $50 off the already discounted price to help you pay for taking your wonderful wife out to a non-barbecue-related dinner. As always, Steve ships the ring to you for free, and it's 943-2700, area code 440. StevenDefranco.com. We're coming back. With John Marcus right after this. Stick around. Big
1: name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show.
0: All right, welcome back. Coming up on 20 past the hour, I'm sorry, uh, 20 till the top of the hour, 38 minutes past. And we're talking with the executive producer of the Barbecue Pitmaster Shows, John Marcus. Well, thanks for hanging with me through the break there. Are uh, you going to be buying a anniversary band?
4: You know, can I, can I give you your sponsor a compliment? Please. Is that okay?
0: Go ahead. Well,
4: I went on that website because I was checking out your website, and then I saw that you had these sponsors, and I, and I, am, I am always in the market for a barbecue watch. That's, like, to me, a very essential tool. And he has a great selection of watches. Now, I'm not saying this in order to get a discounted watch from Steve DeFranco. Never. I really am not interested in that at all. No. But he knows where to reach me, right?
0: Absolutely. You're one of the top men in the industry. Everybody knows how to get a hold of you.
4: <laughs> but he's got a couple of great looking watches on there that are perfect for cooking and they're kind of manly looking, which is so important with what you have on your wrist.
0: That's right. Uh, you know, guys don't have a lot of things they can bling at on and that's why I say, Hey, you know, you got a guy that wants to sponsor the show, he's a jeweler, we finally know somebody in the industry that we can get a deal on. So why not jump aboard, get a cool Accutron watch or a bolt, whatever you like. And, uh, you know, kind of take pride in yourself a little bit. Help yourself out a little bit.
4: Uh, you know what? That's per- that's a perfect way to, to really frame this whole thing. And, and, and I would I would also just like to say that, you know, um, any any sponsor that supports this barbecue world, we have to support that sponsor. That's my feeling about all of them.
0: Well, I appreciate you saying that, John. Uh, so let's go ahead and transition over to this uh, Season 3 of Barbecue Pitmasters. There was a request for auditions a few weeks ago. Deadline come and gone. Do you have anything that you can break? Do we have a new cast for the upcoming season? I give the floor to John Marks.
4: And by the way, while we're talking, Greg, I think I got on Skype in the business center. If you want to try me while we're talking.
0: You know what? Let's not even uh, break form. We, might, let's, we can try it after the next set of breaks. Let's but, do it uh, on the
4: next break, sure. That's fine. So um, here's what I can tell you about the cast for next season. All right. I know nothing.
0: Really? People are tuning out by the dozens. You
4: know, and I I appreciate uh, how they feel, you know, because uh, they've gotten all their... Uh, Let me tell you that I actually got... um, We have this wonderful producer named Lindsay Freed. Everybody who's uh, involved with the show has probably heard from her at some point or basically gotten an email from her. And Lindsay is a very, very capable producer, and she has been. This will be her third barbecue series with me and Original Media. She is the really, I would call her the doyenne of the barbecue world. She gets it all now, and she's had a great learning curve. She and I have gone through almost every tape so far that's gone in. So all the tapes aren't gone through yet. The DVDs and the and and people also sent the thumb 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 drives in. So. I have seen such an array of barbecue people as well as their attempts at comedy. <laughs>
0: Keyword, attempts.
4: <laughs> some of them actually, listen, everybody actually is funny in their own way, but um, there's been a really um, impressive new wave of barbecue people coming on board. I can tell you there may be some familiar faces return. And I think there's some great new talent out there that you're going to see.
0: John Mark is joining us here on the show. Uh, John, I heard from a number of people that, that they didn't really seem to think that there was enough advanced notice for tapes to be sent in. Was it kind of a last second thing for you as it has always kind of been in the past?
4: It's always comes up quick. It, it always comes up quick. And, to the people who say there wasn't enough notice, I would tell them to talk to the 200 who got their tapes in.
0: Let me dovetail this question in as a follow up. Because it always seems to be, and you've done, you know, like you said, it, it, we track it all the way back to Outdoor Living Network, all that stuff. You've done a number of these shows for television. It always seems to be last second, even given your credentials in the industry and being able to produce successful barbecue TV shows in some form or fashion. Do you think there is a time that we're building to that barbecue is going to be on TV and it's going to get that respect that it deserves? So at some point, it's not a rush to get tapes in. You're going to be able to, to have your time and your kind of pick of the litter without having any type of pressure on you to deliver when they're like, okay, John, now it's time to go. You got to go. Got to go.
4: I'm always hopeful that this will become more established in our culture. Um, But each series has to be taken as a whole new adventure. Um, The fact that we're going to be on this brand new network, um, you know, we're going to be off TLC, we're going to be on something called Discovery Destination, that there's a renewed interest in the show, All these shows come with some kind of price. It's like, you know, when you build a house, they say to you, you can have a cheap, fast, or good, choose two out of the three. Right. This is just like that.
0: Did you have to... Well, I'm, I hate to backtrack here for a second, but did you have to send in a DVD or a thumb drive to be considered, or were you taking, like, uploads from YouTube and various places? How, how did you... Everything. Prefer? Okay.
4: Listen, everything from a VHS to a YouTube digital, to a thumb drive. We, we got them in, in all kinds of forms. Mostly they came in DVDs. People were able to rip them or get them off their cameras real quick. Or um, Some people went to great lengths to be, really put a big production together, which was interesting to see. And some people just had their iPhone. We had somebody send in just their, sitting in their kitchen with an iPhone.
0: You had somebody sitting in front of a big tiled Kingsford Camado Camado, saying things like sweet blue and meet to please you as an audition tape. What kind of forefathers put into there? A New York City guy, nonetheless. Outrageous. I have no idea who you're talking about. Of course not. Now, John, let me ask you this. You weren't able to give up any cast members yet uh, or who has been decided team-wise. We know what format one was of of, of Pitmaster season one. We knew uh, season two. Can you tell us at least what the format of season three is going to be like?
4: I could be jailed for just talking to you now.
0: That's fine. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. I know. Here's
4: what I can say about the format. Go ahead. The aficionados, the barbecue, the actual competitors themselves the people that are slavishly devoted to this sport will be happy
0: really they
4: will be very happy
0: so who will be disappointed
4: who who will be disappointed yes The people who don't get picked.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course, regardless of format, right?
4: <laughs> That's who I always have to do. You know, we only have, <laughs> I will tell you this, there is only going to be 15 spots on the show. 15. Okay. So we're going to have a lot of people who are upset they didn't get picked. But to those people who don't get picked, I just say, try to make a video that showcases who you are better more fun, more compelling, more honest, more authentic, the next time out, look at what you did and see if you can't actually make a nicer version.
0: Let me ask this question, John, because there's got to be a number of people right out there, and according to uh, Kevin Bevington, the guy that actually runs Outdoor Cooking Channel with the video feed is on, uh, we're having record crowd tonight in anxious anticipation of you giving no information about the teams. What is making... Because, look, it's all subjective, right? I could sit here and think that I made the best tape ever, and I send it to you, and I, there's no way I'm not going to not get on the show. And you look at it and go, "What well, Rempi has produced one of the worst pieces of tape ever. Why would I even bother considering to give him any consideration to get on the show? And here's what you have. People thinking exactly like that. People trying to overthink everything like I do always. And then they get it in their head to do this be something exactly that they're not. They're going to get on camera. They're going to start swearing. They're going to go against everything that they would normally be or people that would vouch for them. To I see them all the time on competition circuits. They're, not, they're nothing like that with that tape that you turned in. As someone who is a judge of great tapes and audition tapes, is it easy to find the people that have decided to, I don't want to say pull a Myron Mixon in, in, in a sense but they're they're one way outside of the camera. When the camera turns on, they're completely different. Is that something that you can pick up on right away, and does it turn you off?
4: You know, like for for thirty years I've been casting television shows, um, beginning in like nineteen eighty two, and. You learn to recognize when people walk into a room and they want to be on your TV show, if they come across as honest and authentic. I've had actors come in and actually blow their line because they were nervous. But somehow, in the essence of their character and their approach to the words, you understand that they actually are this person. They give you something to take away, something that really feels authentic to you. Watching these tapes... Within about the first two minutes, you know. Even if the comedy falls flat that they're doing, or the production values are very poor, you can see things. And that's what you get, you know, you're trained to look for those things. So um, if people are doing scripted words, you it's not so good unless, they, unless they're really natural the way they do them. Yeah. If someone is trying to put on a character that's not who they are, you're turned off. You don't want to watch anymore. If somebody decides that they're going to play all their favorite music and show you stills, that person's not going to get past first base. So those are the negatives. But if people come in and they're talking to each other, if they're two members of a cook team, and there's a back and forth and it's surprising and it feels natural and they give each other a hard time but it's something you know they do as part of their process, it's very interesting as a viewer to watch this.
0: John Marcus joining us here on the show, executive producer of Barbecue Pitmasters, which will be on Discovery Destination. Uh, John, you had a barbecue show show up, I believe it was CBS, right, uh, this past summer?
4: Uh, Memorial Day. It was the ultimate barbecue show, Doug. That-
0: from your perspective, and then from the network's perspective, success, a, a, a C effort, failure, where did it rake?
4: Well, there's two, two ways to evaluate success, Greg. One is, are you creatively satisfied looking at the show? And the other is, do they order another one? To the, to the former, looking at that show, I really liked what we did.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: I thought it was one of the kind of the more entertaining, honest, interesting shows that really featured cooking. It was simple, straightforward, and it had a device in it that I came up with uh, years ago on the first barbecue show, which is the cooks getting to see the judging on closed-circuit television. Mm
2: -hmm.
4: I really enjoyed that show. CBS didn't order anymore. So, yes, big success in my mind. And in CBS's mind, what else you got?
0: So as somebody who is, none of us, John, have any idea what it's like to get TV shows on air, as you said, to, to get that real estate, and what an accomplishment that is, first and foremost, regardless of any other judgment of success or failure after something airs. So when you put it out together, you put your heart and soul into it, you're getting a lot of elements that you think are successful that have been well-received in other shows and you're kind of pulling everything that has worked because this is a huge network Uh, on a great holiday and it's going to be seen by a bunch of people. For them not to reorder, do you go back and start to rethink, well, what could I have done better? Do they give you any type of feedback or do they, they not even feature that?
4: Because it, uh, because it is not a high-dollar item for the network, you know, we're not the good Wife, We're not two-and-a-half men. It was like kind of, hey, it was nice. Thanks for coming to the dance. Maybe we'll see you around. It's like going on a first date where your phone doesn't ring the next day, and someone's breathing heavily saying, when do I get to
2: see you again?
0: so all right does that answer the question yes absolutely um let me ask you this before i uh, break one more time uh and then we'll get into uh, something a little bit more different for the uh, second segment which i'm sure you're just dying to figure out what i'm going to be talking about uh season one came under when it happened And nobody ever wants to remember this, but I am quick to make sure that we are not uh, living in revisionist history. Season one came under criticism during its run. There was a lot of things missing, this and that, blah, 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 especially in the chat rooms and the uh, barbecue forums. It is now, John, and you know it, widely considered to be the gold standard when it comes to barbecue television. We should expect, given what you said just a, a few short minutes ago about what season three's format will be like, these people who revere season one now and, and now watch all of the replays that happen on the Green Network, wherever the hell it's at, in replay syndication. These people are going to be happy with this effort. They're
4: going to be thrilled. And and if and if and if they are thrilled. They should get as many people as possible to watch it. You know, Greg, going back to what you and I have talked about over the years, the couple of years we've been talking, Yep. the haters come out and are vocal, and they hurt it for everybody else. I'm not above being criticized for any of the shows. That's fine. But if the people that like something are now just sitting back silently because they like it, then they don't, you know, then... We're not having a community that supports what barbecue is on TV. I just encourage everybody to try to be constructive and positive and show up in numbers when it's something they like.
0: John Mark is joining us here on the show. John, do you have like, any type of scheduled air date for Season 3 yet?
4: I think the shows are going to premiere in June.
0: So uh, a good, solid barbecue and uh, grilling time frame in June, especially when the fair-weather fans will be breaking out the uh, grills and cookers. Uh, John, let me uh, back you off one more second while I talk about the last sponsor of the show tonight. Uh, That, of course, Candy Weaver, current president of the Kansas City Barbecue Society. No, they are not a sponsor of the show, the KCBS. They should be. But Candy Weaver's core business, you've heard about her. If you have a pellet cooker, undoubtedly you've tried her product. It's Barbecuer's Delight. You can find them at bbqrsdelight.com. And here's the deal. If you have a pellet-fed cooker, I do have one now. It's that Grilla Cooker. Maybe you have a Fast Eddie, a Traeger, a Mac, Louisiana Grill, Green Mountain Grill. If it's something that takes pellets, these are widely considered to be the go-to pellet. As far as quality, as far as non break in the bag, as far as price-quality ratio, you know the QPR, the quality-price ratio, is something I'm always harping on, something I'm truly big on. I want, for the money that I'm spending, the quality to be there for the dollars that I am putting out. Am I afraid to spend more money on a quality product? No, because if it's going to give me the results that I want. That's a good ROI for me. That's a good QPR for me. I'm using a lot of acronyms right now, but that's just part of the process. So you go to the website, BBQRS. Delight.com and there you can peruse all of the standard flavors the hickories, the apples, the oaks, the cherries, walnuts, pecans. Pecan does very well in competition. But then there's some outside the box flavors, and I don't have talk about it for the last couple of weeks. Have you ever tried to get a meatloaf on the cooker? Meatloaf on the smoker is one of the most succulent things you can ever try. And I'm begging you this weekend to give it a go. Whether you have a pellet-fed cooker, whether you have a stick burner or Weber Smokey Mountain, it doesn't matter. Because you can buy pellets and then use them as just their own source as well. Get a little cast iron pot, you can put pellets in there and drop it in the bottom of your Weber Smoky Mountain. Or You can mix and match a bunch of different flavors, so you can add some different flavor profiles as the pellets are burning down in your pellet-fired cookers. How about savory earth? How about a charcoal pellet that they're making? How about sassafras? Completely outside the box, and that's what it's all about. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, when you're dealing with pellets, don't fall for all the hoopla and the shenanigans and the... Uh, oil-flavored wood pellets that some of the other manufacturers are out there making and they're not telling you about. It. Get two-thirds oak, get one-third flavor wood, and you get it from BBQRSDelight.com. That's barbecuersdelight. Delight. We're going to try and hook up John Marcus on Skype here. I'm going to back out, give me a few seconds, and we'll, we will come back with more A Lot After Dark with John Marcus. Stand by, I'll be right back.
1: Seven seven four four eight zero four three three to get on the air. Now here's your host Greg Rempy.
0: All right, we are back. Uh, two minutes to the top of the hour. We have John Marcus on the line with us. And uh, now I have to figure out how I am going to grab John Probably. Stick with me here, just one second. Unbelievable. Is That me? Great. Are you? No. Well, hold on one second here. Let me. Uh... Hey, my audio there? Oh, yeah, you're fully oh, yeah, live. There's uh, John. Uh, Turn John. your uh, speakers yeah. down just a little yeah. bit. Just feeding back. back. Yeah. And there's that uh, squeal. There he is. It's John Marcus, ladies and gentlemen. Look at that. <laughs> TV producer. There he is, right here on the uh, show. We'll go ahead and try and uh, pull off a split screen here while I got you. All right, uh, John, so we're going to kind of, is there anything that you would like to add while I uh, try and add your image here to the uh, split-screen camera that you would like to Uh, talk about regarding Season 3?
4: Can can you, so some of your listeners can now see me?
0: Uh, Everybody can see you, absolutely.
4: Well, to all of them, I'd like to say, this is me just having gotten a haircut. So (laughs) who's taking my money?
0: Hey, this is me uh, wearing a do rag. I don't have to spend any money yeah, that's... on haircuts anymore. <laughs> season week's from San Diego. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, any like final thoughts about season three, and, and any type of teasers that you would like to put out there for the audience?
4: Um, I think there's going to be some uh, events. Across the country, that are going to be very happy about season three. How about saying that? That's sort of cryptic, but there'll be some barbecue events that are going to be happy about season three. Um, that that alone could get me put in jail. All
0: right, so but, let's let's go uh, ahead and back off that. We don't want John to uh, spend the night in gas lamp in the in uh, in the jail district. But we're looking for June, right? <laughs> there's,
4: there's, uh, I think I think they're looking at a premiere date uh, around Memorial Day.
0: John Mark is joining us here on the show. All right, John, so let me use this last segment. This isn't something that I would normally do. um, But, you know, obviously I I don't know a lot of people that are in the television industry. Uh, So let's go ahead and try and use this segment uh, a little bit differently. You know, it seems that reality TV continues its stronghold on popular TV shows. As someone who has worked in some of the most celebrated popular sitcoms of all time, looking at what TV is right now. How do you feel about your industry right now?
4: My industry of television?
0: Yes. <laughs> the one that you own. Um,
4: <laughs> well, I'm always bullish about TV. I, I always feel that it's a content-driven business so that good ideas can be rewarded, you know? So I'm... I'm thrilled to get to go in and uh, I mean I'm about to go into TV land because there's an idea I think would be perfect for the network and they're fans of mine and I think we might have a little marriage happen here pretty soon and um, hopefully we'll have we'll bear children Uh, so I'm going to go see them and uh, I think that television comedy has gone through a lot of change I think that that business has fallen in love for a long time with single camera comedy, like 30 rock and office. Uh, but um, modern family. And um, I think that's one of, that's like a sea change in comedy because there's no audience that has to show up and laugh. That's like old, old school now, but there might be a return to that. Eventually it's take, it's going to take one show. Two and a half men is a hit show that has a live audience um but there's no shows that are uh, hits with an audience live audience attending and also critically acclaimed those days have gone way past and i think they may come back
0: now in regards to reality tv shows in general because you know the, of all the shows that you just mentioned you know they they do very well and as you said you know some are shot in front of live studio audience some are just shot in their laugh tracked, whatever the case may be. But then you have, you know, up in the upper echelons of cable, as I call it, the Discovery Channels, and the sci-fis, Histories, Nat Geo, all this other stuff. You have these very popular reality TV shows. That, oh, jeepers, creepers. Completely lost my time right there. Let me get out of there. Sorry about that, John. Um, but you have these shows, for instance, uh, let me see here. Like uh, Pregnant Teenage Moms or Hoarders. Or uh, all of these things Bob watch. yeah, we're not even going to talk about the one yet that I think is completely bringing the degradation of society uh, to a standstill. are these I mean, they're being made because people are watching, right? Uh, if we're going to sit here and well, complain, we have to stop watching in order to get these off the television.
4: I, may I quote the great humorous garrison Keeler. Yes. You know, Prairie Home Companion, probably one of the greatest comedy minds in in America today. He was asked once about the rise of shock jocks. And his response was simply to say, you know, when you're at the state fair, every midway needs a guy who bites the head off a chicken. (laughs) Now, that was said a, a few years ago. And now we're looking at a midway where you can buy, you can find seven or eight guys that are biting heads off all kinds of critters, you know? And that is, I'm not totally opposed to what you're saying, which is it is the final degradation of our society. But um, there's always a the hope. There's always a the glimmer. There's always burning embers that come from quality ideas. And those have to be pursued no matter what. You know, just because everybody around you is doing crap doesn't mean you give up and it doesn't mean that you do crap with them. It means you stay, you stay on your game, you know. And there's a lot of us out there that still believe in quality television and think it's going to come back. Um, drama is probably in a golden era right now. No. It's, the, it's the golden age of one hour. So, you know, I, to all the naysayers, it's like the culture is constantly shifting. If, you know, you go out and look at a movie like The Artist, which I think is one of the most heartfelt, brilliant, non-cynical storytelling jobs of our last decade, which I think is going to get best picture, it renews your hope. And I'm a hopeful guy. I'm I'm pretty positive about things. So I can't get into the negativity. I think the bottle is maybe not a half full, but a third full.
0: Would you potentially agree with me? And I'm sure there's a number of ones that we could list off that you're not necessarily a huge fan of. But there's this one out here that I have a particular issue with. And it's this Bigfoot reality TV show. You have four people out in the middle of nowhere saying that there's squatchiness all around and there's squatchy footprints and squatchy ways that uh, tree limbs have broken. And I think... I'm not letting any cat out of the bag, John, when I say the odds of them finding any type of real proof, and I'm talking about clear picture, clear video, or trapping one, is a zero point, was that the line from Animal House? Zero point zero percent that they're going to find anything, and it's something that is on television. So here's my question, I guess. To have a barbecue show on television that could be, a slam dunk for you. Does it? Is there a possible way that we could package it in an instance where... I'm just throwing a name out just for uh, happenstance, but let's say Johnny Trigg. Compelling character, older gentleman, very successful at what he does. But we can have a show about Johnny Trigg or Myron Mixon or Rod Gray or whoever you want to name that's good on the competition circuit right now. But the show is actually going to focus more on their life. Oh, by the way... On this weekend, we're going to kind of watch wherever they're going during the course of uh, the week, and we'll see them cook. So there's barbecue related to the story, but it's something that's going to get renewed every year. It's going to gain popularity, just like all these other kooky shows. But instead of being a barbecue cooking show, it's the Rod Gray show, or it's the Johnny Trigg show, and the guy also happens to do barbecue.
4: Um, I'm big fans of Rod Gray. Uh, I have had Johnny Trigg on three of my shows. I, you know, those are two guys I like personally, like being around. I've paid to be in their class. I, I like them so much. The challenge here, Greg, it's like what makes barbecue great is also its curse. Mm-hmm. And, and what makes barbecue great is that people are working with their hands and they're creating something. And they're, cre- they're trying to create something that can be voted the best and can receive like completely, you know, fashion uh, that is unanimous. The idea of having someone's life filmed is a whole other story. Because if you look at the reality shows, they're, they're really based on people who are willing to behave and do anything. Now, if any barbecue person wants to go out there and be a complete
0: douchebag
4: and have their life filmed, they can go do that. Can I say that on your show?
0: Yes, douche please. Bag. One of the favorite terms ever of the uh, show, douchebag. <laughs>
4: I mean, if, if, you, if you hear that X, that, that this barbecue person, X, has a reality show that's going to feature their life, you can be sure that, A, they're going to be putting it on for the camera – B, and this is, I mean, there are, there are solid reality shows out there. There are good reality shows. There's the Top Chef shows. Those shows don't go into people's lives that much, do they? No. Because when you, cre- when you create something with your hands, that's what's interesting. When you do Dancing with the Stars, people are out there creating. They're out there dancing and moving, and it's fascinating to watch somebody's learning curve. Mm-hmm. You don't get into their lives because we all know their lives are a train wreck. But if you're willing to be snooky, and I know a lot of people that are dying to be snooky, you can do fine, get yourself a show, but you can't do something serious and good at the same time you you know you're never going to see Snooky go out and build a bicycle so that's why they don't mix
0: I'm going to agree that Snooky's not building any bicycle that's for sure uh do you like? Cake Boss Buddy is that a show that you like?
4: I'm a big fan of Buddies. I'm a big fan of Buddies. I think he's a a great character. I mean, he listen. He was a real baker before the TV show, and that's his real crew. So I'm a fan of his.
0: One of the other things I wanted to ask you about, um, and we're kind of done bashing television apart for now. There was a project that I've heard you talk about a number of times, uh, probably over the last maybe it's been, even been a year. Is this uh, motion picture that you are? doing or documentary, I guess, on Myron Mixon, uh, how he was reared uh, by Jack and his path up through barbecue and and all that entails. Where is that project at right now?
4: Well, actually, you know what I'd really like to talk about, uh, because it's been really the focus of uh, all my time the last six months, is um, I've been cutting the footage that was shot on our trip to Kuwait to feed the troops. Okay. And uh, TLC has very generously offered to uh, loan me or give me any of the footage from the shows, if I get there okay. And we had 150 hours of amazing footage of our journey over there, as well as the challenges of cooking for these troops. I had Johnny Trigg, I had Jamie Gear, I had Tuffy Stone, I had Nicole Davenport there as well. And this story is so compelling to me that um, that's what I'm working really hard to complete right now. It's an amazing story where you get to see these troops and what this food does for them, how they roll up their sleeves from enlisted men all the way up to the commanding officers of the bases. We were 10 miles from the border of Iraq when we cooked for people at Camp Euring. We fed a total of 4,400 soldiers. That's the story that I'm really trying to tell right now.
0: So if you can, you know, take us back. What is it like going in? You've picked, uh, you know, I'm assuming you've picked the people that you're going to go ahead and cook with at that base. What's the mood like with the troops? What's the setting like? And, you know, after you start cooking, how does the food kind of break down and make everybody kind of human almost?
4: Well, the first thing, you know, we we had to take a convoy out into the desert for two and a half hours, and the convoy was three SUVs with bulletproof glass traveling at 95 miles an hour. And you're not allowed to stop to pee. Uh, you know, it's not that it's a a zone that's highly dangerous. It's not like you're in Baghdad or something, but they're very cautious and that we were in their care, so they wanted us not to die. So, you're traveling through the desert where there's nothing. But on the horizons, you can see little dots, and those are camels. Or you can see Bedouins, a Bedouin camp- encampment set up. It takes us about an hour and a half to get through security because there's a huge amount of security and pat-downs and ex- inspections, and they can take your vehicle apart if they want to. And, you know, I'm traveling with southern pitmasters, and we got refrigerated trucks of meat coming in and chicken coming in. It's hundred and twenty degrees during the day, and you're entering like you're entering a an encampment the size of Los Angeles that is coming up out of the middle of nowhere. Like Jamie Gear looks at, out the window of the truck and he just he just says, "I can't believe there's a place here. it's in the middle of nowhere. It's springing up." And, and you're traveling past miles and miles of Quonset huts and tents and trailers, low-slung buildings. And there on a trailer, on a flatbed trailer, on right off the commander's post are two old hickories on a big flatbed truck, donated by the old hickory company and sent over to camp during probably at the cost of $50,000 donated. And you're in this heat, and you're trying to imagine how this is all going to work, and they, in the film you see this, forklift trucks are brought in. They're sized up and sized up, and they can't get the pallets off the trailers. And finally, they bring in cranes, 150-foot cranes, to lift these two pits off the off the trailer. So there's that, and then all of a sudden the soldiers just show up. Dozens of soldiers show up. They want to rub elbows with uh, Johnny Trigg and Jamie Gear, you know, and they want to learn how to do this. So we had three and a half hours of work, we thought, to rub all these briskets down. It was done in about 25 minutes. (laughs)
0: Do the uh, do the troops have any idea who is over there? Do they know a Johnny Trigg? Do they know a Jamie Gear? I mean, obviously that's celebrity to us, but to troops that are you know out there protecting our freedoms, especially overseas, do they have any idea who these guys are?
4: Um, yeah, they knew them all. Wow, they they knew them all because they they get to see the show. You know, on the Armed Forces Network, and then they they get shows over there. So they you know. The very moving thing about this, Greg, is that so many of our young men and women in the military are from the South, you know? I mean, I'm from the state of Ohio, and we, we have a lot of them that come from Ohio, Reserves yep. and National Guard. And the fascinating thing was Camp Buring was run almost completely by National Guard. So they had recognized all the pitmasters, and they just... Couldn't tell us enough what it meant to them that we would fly over there, and and brave this heat and these mechanical failures, which were not, which are only the fault of the electricity on the base. Uh, we got it all done, but so yeah, it's very touching. They knew, they knew, and they, there were lines and lines of six hundred deep waiting to eat. And we had the camera roam up and down the lines of people, the servicemen and women, waiting to eat the food. And then when they ate under the desert moon at picnic tables, we had cameras roaming in among them to record their reactions. It's the first home-cooked meal a lot of them had had in 11 months.
0: Oh, I bet. So was so, it just rave reviews from everybody as they're sinking that first see, taste first of brisket age. into their mouth instead of having MREs or you know whatever, probably less than lackluster food?
4: Well, you know, we we ate at we ate at the, you know, mess hall and had we had those MREs, we had all that stuff. And you know, it's okay you have your fill and and it's competently done food. But the looks on the faces of people, there was a guy there from Hawaii who's a young soldier who said that he had never had barbecue and it felt like home to him, even though he'd never had it. you know There was a taste of home in the food. Mom and dad came up a lot, Sundays came up a lot, and there was people that said, "You know what? This makes me want to get home as badly as possible. This makes me want to do whatever possible to get home in one piece
0: Being around that, and seeing all the troops and, and doing what you were able to do, just you know very little part to kind of give back a little bit. I mean, what kind of an appreciation do you have being there on site, on camp for the people that are, are making? Because, you know, I think it is important for everybody to remember that's listening tonight and whoever listening in podcast. You know, we're still a military that is volunteer. We're not required to serve like a lot of other countries. Does it give you a new and greater profound respect for the people that are making that decision to forego whatever they might have ahead of themselves and serve country first? Well, you know, as, um, as
4: someone, I'm, I'm 56 years old. So during my lifetime, I've lived through a lot of wars, almost continuous wars. And we've had reasons to get in. I'm not faulting any reason to get in. I mean, there's things that have happened that I wish had happened for better circumstances. But we get so narcotized, inured to wartime. That we sit here in this very cushy country, and we're clueless, most of us, about the fact that these 19 to 24-year-olds that make up a lot of the military are over there, you know, and they're giving... Listen, there was a young woman helping us at Camp John who had seven months prior to being at that pit with us or serving over there had a baby. And if you sign up for the military and you're a woman and you get pregnant, when that baby turns six months old, you got to go back in. These situations were completely... They they floored me. We sit here unaware, unless we have a direct relative over there. So it just made me appreciate the young, disciplined... Focused people who are getting something out of it, clearly, but they're putting themselves in harm's way so that we can have the life that we have. I was, it was life changing for me.
0: Is there a uh, projected finish date on that?
4: Yes. So this film, which I'm very proud of, I mean, it was, it's the first film I've directed, and there's a lot of humor in it. You know, these, for these five pitmasters, it was the first time in their adult lives they had to go without drinking for six days. So there's a lot of humor in, uh, for, because of that. Crankiness. In their own right, they're all divas. Of course. So the, the film is something that tells a story that I'm just very pleased for barbecue for our troops for the USO. The plan is to screen it for the USO and the Department of Defense in about two weeks. The Department of Defense has to look at every frame of the film because they gave us limited access on the base. And they need to make sure we don't compromise security. Mm-hmm. If they okay it, and they're as enthusiastic about this film as I think I'm probably going to have a premiere in Washington, D.C. as a benefit for the USO. Oh, excellent. And that'll be in the summertime, maybe coordinated with our show. I don't know.
0: So we'll look forward to that. Any uh, any news you have that I can pass on, I'll be certainly more than happy to do that. Uh, we Thank were talking you. with John Marcus, and uh, tonight we were talking about uh, Pitmaster Season 3, a little recap of the uh, first two episodes uh, unfortunately, no teams named tonight, but hopefully uh, sooner than later. Do you have uh, an, an estimated time when, when you would like to have Season 3 casted, John?
4: The date is fast approaching when the cameras are going to roll. So my hope would be that by Monday or Tuesday of next week, the cast will be finalized. Let, let's put it this way. There's a very large board on Varick Street in Manhattan, in an office building. And on that board are the top 30 choices for the show. And that's as of tonight. And at some point, they're going to be narrowed down to 15.
0: Now, when that 15 is cut down, if it is before 9 o'clock next Tuesday, am I getting an email list where I will be able to physically announce to the centralites what is happening?
4: Everybody who is tapped for the show will, will have been called, we hope. We don't know. I can't say for sure. Um, I'm very pleased that the network has uh, given us the creative control over the people that are going to cook on the show. That's pleasing. Um we will try to get a list out there i'll talk to lindsey freed who's the one who's the who's the master of all this and we'll see what we can do about publishing
0: as Information becomes available, whatever you can pass along. We'll be happy to disseminate here on the show. Uh, John, we're going to cut you loose because I know you got a big day tomorrow uh, with your uh, keynote speaking and all that other stuff. Plus, uh, I know, uh, what, 8.30 out there, so uh, get rested. Big trip for you all the way over. I appreciate you really breaknecking all the way out to the hotel to make time for us tonight. And, uh, you know, continued success. When you want to come back on and talk about whatever, just let me know, John. I'm always happy to have you back on.
4: Greg, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for your interest and in having me as a guest. It's one of my favorite shows to do, I got to say.
0: All right, John, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you very much. There he is, John Marcus, Emmy Award winning television producer. All right, there you go. Uh, we can talk about this next week as far as reaction. We're a uh, little over time. Apologize to Kevin. That was John Marcus talking about uh, Season 3 of Pitmasters. Uh, No teams announced yet, so I apologize, especially for the hundreds of people that were actually watching tonight. I think it was good to talk about that desert piece that he is doing. I think that's uh, pretty freaking important, by the way. Also, I want to thank first-hour guests. We had uh, Matt Barber from Hot Wachulas taking Reserve Grand Champion. Uh, this week, this past weekend in Tampa, also Scott Roberts reviewing sauces and rub. Most of all, thanks to you guys for hanging out. Well past the uh, traditional two-hour mark, but appreciate you hanging in. We will be back next Tuesday with a fully-packed show, plus we'll react to some of the stuff we talked about here tonight. Let me help you to remind you, let me help remind you to control the rusty grill-grade population. If you have raw cast iron, when you use it, reseason it after each and every time when it starts to cool down. Hit it with a little pan, a little Crisco, let it bake in as it cools down. Get months of worry, years of worry-free service also. September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.